0: Hello, one and all. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap here on September the 6th of 2023. You know, the thing about Septembers is that there is only one month of the year that's like them. And you know what? It's confusing because of the Roman calendar. You want to, you used to call it the seventh month because it's set, but it's not. It's the ninth month. Anyway, that's not actually a very good setup for a joke. I was if I, react-
1: I was like, is this a joke or is Nick actually just going to deliver? <laughs> Knowledge to us,
0: just like they, just like you start to, you you deliver like just random trivia in the in the form of a joke. You know, it's like, uh, uh, hey, you know, I've heard that the skin is actually the the heaviest tissue, the, the heaviest organ in your body. But um, Tish,
1: <laughs> <laughs> dip your servers, everybody. I'm gone. You do one shit joke and leave. <laughs> it's not even a joke
0: it's just like like what sounds like the setup but it's really just an observation
1: you should it would be really funny is if you go up like you're going to present facts you're like Mr. Knowledge and then you go up there and you just spout urban legends. you're like you know you eat eight spiders during your lifetime
0: (laughs) (laughs) or even like it gets into like you know I've noticed that airline that airline food is not very tasty
1: Boom. anyway a cane coming off stage, You're like we're not at the Apollo. <laughs> like we keep one around just to be safe.
0: Just have a snare drum ready at any time. But
1: <laughs> they gotta keep both on hand,
0: guys. It's 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 your friends. It's your funny manga talky friends. It's Nick and it's Quinn, and we're here to talk about much probably much funnier people than us. But I don't know. It's all in the eye of the beholder. It's a series. That we were talking about today is called Showa Shoten. Uh-huh.
2: This
0: is a manga uh, about double act comedy. Yes. Uh, and as it so happens, it is created by a double act, so to speak, uh, written by uh, Akinari Asakura, who I kind of looked up his credentials and not really anything that I was really familiar with, uh, but illustrated, of course, by Takeshi Obata, whom we all know as the illustrator of Hikaru no Go so uh and nothing
1: else and uh <laughs> nothing else do you want to match well uh no. gakkyo hote right beloved so. beloved gakkyo hote well and, beloved nah. from far away if i don't think about it too much <laughs> <laughs> why was there so much references to
0: sex in this elementary school <laughs> class <laughs>
1: And uh, I just remember uh, Taito being dumb. That's all. They're like, that was something you made as a show. Oh, (laughs) well, well, then we're very funny. (laughs) Carry on.
0: Thank you very
1: much. Uh, This
0: is a pretty new series. It runs in the monthly magazine Jump Square. It's been running since November 2021. Uh, And it is, like I said, it's about a double act comedy. Uh, We've got a couple of uh, main characters, uh, Shijimi and Tayo, who, of course, come together at the start of this. They decide to become a two-man comedy show, and it is about them... Uh, getting into the insanely competitive world of double act comedy. High school double
1: act comedy. Apparently. High school
0: double act comedy. I was going to like as as I was starting off reading this I was like oh they're getting into these competitions and stuff and I was like oh I, I'll, I'll make a joke about it. I was like yeah it's just like any sports story where you gotta go to the coaching and then they refer to the comedy competition that they're going to join as the coaching of stand-up comedy. And I was like well fuck fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't make that joke now. They're uh, taking all
1: your best material from you, Nick, before you even began.
0: That's right. It's disheartening. Uh, so I'll have to uh, take refuge in stupidity and just not be funny. And that way they won't take any of my material.
1: I will just occasionally pepper in fart sound effects to tickle the delight of the audiences. You'll never know when it's going to happen.
0: I know that this is a only- I know that this (laughs) See the moment the least expected is right after you announce you're going to start doing (laughs) this. Hence why it's the prime moment to start doing this. Uh so Yeah, uh Bizarre. I, I was told, like, I, I was given the preamble for the series. I was like, oh, it's about a couple of guys who, who are getting into, you know, double act comedy. And so I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect this to be basically a sports series. <laughs> it is
1: <laughs> it is it is very adjacent to it. It is very much like we have to enter competitions and we are scored. It is, it's you know, in, in a world where we have like Akane Banashi being like one of the best selling manga right now uh you you'd be like yeah it's like in that wheelhouse it's like well akari Banashi sometimes does actual contests but most of the time like she's just kind of being graded on her own subjective scale or maybe she just has right. to achieve something in this basically everything they do is a contest yeah. um and that seems to be the goal of the series is to like win uh, there's two different contests like the the Y Co or something like that and then something like that there's like two different contests so like we want to yeah, win these both yeah. in the same year
0: and uh, so when they, they do that that means that they'll be successful comedians I mm. guess Uh, because as we all know, winning a competition sets you up for success for the rest of your career. Yeah, look at all those people who have won Young Manga Awards who then went on to become insanely successful manga. Yeah, it happens with some of them, but you know, it's like it happens with all of them. No, not a single one of them fails to do it.
1: Nick, just Uh, remember, uh, American Idol and all the great acts it's given us, like Carrie Underwood, um, the Stronger Lady, (laughs) uh. She's one of the few I actually should know. She's a stronger lady. <laughs> I couldn't think of her name. I was like daytime talk show singer lady, uh, <laughs> and then I think seventeen other people. I have no no idea how many seasons uh, they've done to that show, but um, <laughs> I, I can't yes. imagine each one of them as a winner. Uh,
0: I would make a joke, but I don't never watched that show so i'm only familiar with what was like the people that were actually talked about when it was at its you know yeah zenith so
1: <laughs> exactly i i have like a a vague not i have like a strong knowledge of season one it was kelly clarkson i think justin torini or something like that and then it starts getting weaker until about season five i have no idea what's going on anymore right is that show still going? Yeah, it is still going. I still see previews for it sometimes. Jesus Christ. All right, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I'm so disgusted, I have to move on, so... <laughs> How dare <our> comp- <laughs> a competition reality show continue? <laughs> uh, so our main characters are Shijimi, who is a very, like, quick-thinking, uh, like, genius comedy writer who has even prior to the start of the series like he joins he does all these like submit jokes on random prompts uh, for a radio show has been winning them over and over and over and over again so he's very clever comes up with this great with this great material he also is has a crippling bout of stage fright uh <laughs> And it is something that they have had to continue to deal with as the series has continued. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that's like, oh, he has stage fright, but being in the comedy act will help him get over it. It's like, no, it's a constant challenge that he has to deal with. It's rather like refreshing to have a series like this deal with, like, hey, a stage performer who has stage fright. Because there are some very successful performers who have suffered stage yeah. fright and did so th- throughout their entire careers. Uh, So it's nice to not just have it be like, oh, just like, you know, a thing that he just overcomes in the first part of the series or something. Uh, He's partnered up with Tayo, who is the opposite of him in a lot of ways. He's a very strong improv performer. He's got a background in uh, acting in dramas uh, when he was a kid. Uh, So he's got a lot of stage presence, a lot of charisma. Uh, the ability to adapt on the fly to a lot of things, but he literally does not struggles to understand what things are actually funny, and mm. we get an explanation for why this is eventually, but it's still not very clear why he doesn't understand what isn't isn't funny. It, it's just that he just doesn't.
1: So it, yeah, he he is uh, the entertaining chaotic charismatic goofball but he doesn't he's not going to be able to write his own material he needs someone to write it for him basically because otherwise he'll just go out and he'll flop around on stage and it won't be very good we get like evidence of this that he was going to take part in like a school comedy festival and his idea was just to kind of throw on as many goofy like comedy accessories as possible
0: and just more, just more, more, more. Yeah. And that eventually you'll find it, you know. Uh, so the two of them, like, yeah, we start off at that point where Taiyo's going to put on this, you know, he's go, he needs to find a second person for his act. Nobody wants to join it. He kind of tricks Shijimi. Kind of. He does trick Shijimi into <laughs> to being the second member of the group. And they immediately, you know, hit it off. Uh, they get a bunch of laughs at this school comedy bit that they do on a sketch that teach has to make up basically 15 minutes before they go on uh which really demonstrates both you know how good he is at thinking of material very quickly and how good tayo is at picking up on on that and then they start to go after they're like okay yeah let's let's really do this let's actually i want to do this because both of them have reasons for wanting to become comedians Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) <laughs> Tayo's has to do with a lot of baggage. And Cheejbi's is because there was a girl that he liked who liked to laugh, and he always liked the confidence to joke around with her,
1: basically. <laughs> <It's just laughs> it, is, it is one of these things where everyone in this series, every comedian, has a reason for why they got into comedy. And uh, the answer to all of them, really, is a sad backstory, <laughs> which... I guess it's true. I'm funny because of a lot of trauma, I think, in my life as well. But it's a very different uh, mode. It's like basically what if everyone had like their own. Is that
0: one- why I'm not funny? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> and everyone has like their own miniature, like one piece level flashback of like, why are you into comedy? And uh, what is his name? Senichi?
0: Sh- Shijimi. Shijimi.
1: Uh, his is, yeah, very similar. Basically, uh, when we were told about this series, is like, oh, you and me, they're like, oh, it's Opa and Obata doing the thing. You're like, no, it's not Opa, or it's not Obata. No, sorry, it's not Opa. It is Obata. Um, but it is still basically the backstory of uh, Bakugan or Bakuman, where it's like it kind of is, I'm yeah. Like, oh, there's a girl I really like, and I failed. But one day I'm gonna become a great stand-up comedian, and then she'll. La- it literally is a plot point. In the newest chapter, she has showed up to the show. She's shown up to the comedy there. show. So it's, it's. I mean, her.
0: And, her and every other non-comedian character that's been introduced so far is yeah. attending this one show. It's actually really satisfying. To see them all show up, like, oh, they're all showing up. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I to its credit. And yes, you're completely correct that there is definitely still a lot of like oba nobata feelings to this like there's still like a lot of, you know, like two dudes uh stuff going on. What what could it, you it, possibly
1: mean Nick? They have two female characters and in the opening description of their introduction like the 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 one two woman comedy group they're like these right. two have achieved the final perfected form of female comedy. And I was like what is what does that mean? You make it sound like it's a Dragon Ball transformation, like <laughs> our final perfected conform. We'll talk about our pussies. You're like, come on, this is this is absurd.
0: To its credit, I can at least name several female characters yes. in this story. And they actually have like distinct personalities.
1: <laughs> yes, I actually uh, do think there are there are there is uh, a better assortment of female characters in this than than other obata series, which feels mean because he didn't write most of those. He did not. Um, no, but I imagine still in the creative process it's relevant. But yeah, right. Um,
0: I do, but I'd, yeah, in terms of going to the backstory, like Tayo's, we get like a several chapter long flashback to explain like how he actually got into comedy, and it is shockingly devastating <laughs> just how <laughs> how sad it is and how fucking
1: evil his rival is <laughs> it is wild that they were like cuz they they have a lot of different uh two person comedy groups and They all, they need to give them like a defined style and we're eventually led to believe that there's one group that we're going to be our kind of antagonist called passionate sandbag uh, and their gimmick, I should say gimmick, but like what defines them is that they're mean. They they will yep. insult people. They don't care about anybody. They are fine with punching down. And that is like, oh, it's Artagnus. And then there's just another duo who are just evil. They're just evil. They're evil stand-up comedians.
0: Their group name is
1: brutus <laughs> as in the guy who betrayed caesar <laughs> it, it is worth noting we have not gotten to see these two characters perform yet no. uh but they're sort of uh behind the scenes demeanor has been very much like we we are the agon of this series like we will push children downstairs because it is funny
0: uh yeah i mean one of the one of them it's like kind of like default level like just kind of shonen jump rival guy uh kind of behavior because like he's in line with hanamori who is probably the most the most important female character she's she's uh she's being and tayo's like biggest fan Mm -hmm. uh and becomes kind of their manager uh I mean, they're not successful enough to have an official <laughs> manager. So she's their manager. But uh, so she made the uh, Twitter
1: account that makes right. that makes them their manager. Uh,
0: So she's like the two of she and Nazatani's partner are in line together. And she wants to get this. She's been waiting in line to get this this pastry. And it gets to up to just him. And you can take a maximum of two. And. There's two left. So he looks behind him, looks at her, and he's like, uh, well, I guess I'll do the gentlemanly thing here. Give me two. <laughs> <Take> some...
1: <laughs> doesn't he throw one away then, too? He's like, I only wanted one. <laughs> he doesn't even want the other one. But meanwhile, his partner...
0: <sighs> I don't know if I should get into this, because it's kind of spoilers, I guess.
1: He's basically a murderer. Like <laughs> He's essentially like a slightly less sociopathic version of Cartman. Like he kind of just uh, <laughs> maneuvers around life being kind of shitty. And when something is taken from him, he's like, no, I actually want it. Like something he's been yeah. neglecting all his time. He suddenly wants it now because it's being taken from him. Uh, and he's just a jerk. Uh, as Again, these two characters have not performed comedy yet. So we don't yeah. really know what their style is. But like it's described that they're like ruthless. They they they, they won't stop until they get everything they want, basically. So, yeah. that's kind of what they're saying them up to be. Heel comedians! Just what we need in this <laughs> I, I'm truly waiting for these motherfuckers to show up with, like, a chair and to hit some... Actually, no, they did kind of do that right before this contest. The one, like, walks up to Tayo and whispers something into his ear that's absolutely rattling him. So, like, yeah, they are not above like kind of just, like, fucking up the competition to win these comedy they're, contests.
0: They're really mean and it's really weird and but hey it makes stuff really interesting this is a series that is i should say it's funny Uh uh-huh but i found it to be the funniest when it had nothing to do with the stand-up comedy that was going on uh because when it gets into that and i'm not not to say that like oh the acts that they're doing aren't funny some of them are like you know there's a good progression of jokes to them Uh, i feel like the second act that uh they're they're Shichumi the, and Tayo. The zoo, yeah, the zoo. The zoo is the fantastic.
1: One. That shit made me like laugh. I was like, shit, all right, I, you got me.
0: Just a fantastic escalation of a very simple joke. It was incredible to to witness. Uh, by the way, their their duo name, their their act name is uh One Way Ticket to the Top. <laughs> or what was hysterical. It? When we took it to the top, yeah, it's 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 a, it's too much of a mouthful for me. Uh, I do like that they come across someone who just calls them out. <laughs> instead. <laughs> uh, but a lot of the times when they're in, involved in competitions, it's not about like, oh, this is funny and this is funny this way. It's about explaining how you capture an audience's attention oh. and get, entertain them. How 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 the order of acts determines what you should do for your own performance in order to get the best reaction. If you go on first, then the audience is cold and you have to do something. If you go on after someone has done this really disruptive act, then if you just stick to normal stuff, then what are you going to do? You've got to find a way to break through uh, what people have gotten used to and stuff. And so there's this more just like analysis of, strategy and also of what you need to do in order to kind of like get into your fundamentals how do you overcome the fact that one of your performers is a really bad stage performer he you know has difficulty memorizing his lines his delivery is very stuttery a lot of the time because he gets nervous how do you deal with that and uh you know when as they come across their Competition. It's a it's a matter of analysis of like oh you know this 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 group they specialize in this they specialize in this. It's very shonen. Yes. Uh, and so because of that, a lot of the time you're more into like oh this is why this act is working for this audience, not oh ha 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 this is an incredibly funny series of jokes. Removed from that context, when the when you don't have to worry about like all this analysis and stuff like that, there are just some characters that are just naturally funny, and you know you're not in a The narrative of of the story isn't this person is trying to be funny for these people. It's here's this absurd situation, and this person who, in trying to just do normal things in their life, is just naturally funny. It tends to be funnier. Like, I, Shijibi's family is hilarious, (laughs) for example. Uh, So, there's what is a series that I found to be very gripping and at times very funny at times surprisingly heartbreaking <laughs> And uh yeah I think we've got to keep on reading it. I think it's very good
1: mm-hmm. um yeah I mean I I will agree with a lot of that. I think that this is uh, a captivating series. I'm able to go along with it and enjoy it. I do appreciate that it's not just like here are some comedy routines that I as a writer wrote it's it's really trying to work into like okay. As a comedian, how do I work this crowd? How do I follow this act? How do I polish this script? How do I deal with you know something like a joke bombing? You know all these sorts of things are, are moments they have to deal with. How do I how do I deal with going on first? Um, and I, I think there's there's unique perspectives. Like one of the first challenges they run into is they have to perform at a contest where almost everyone in the audience is there for a specific person. And I, like I've done stand-up or uh, mm-hmm. I've done open mic comedy nights where that is the case where you're just like struggling to get any laughs beyond the small group you have. So there's like stuff that like you would legitimately find is like a challenge. Um, there's an element though I do need to bring up, uh, which is I, I I I love comedy. You know I I've done it to a very small extent. I guess this is considered of some form of comedy. I guess. Um, and I also just enjoy it, and I, I enjoy hearing comedians talk about comedy. Uh, this series falls into the same wheelhouse. A lot of things that try to deal with comedy uh, falls into, which is it's like this is a uh, you know a piece of media about comedy comedy is very serious yeah <laughs> that, like there's so many times characters are like we have to win this contest or we're gonna lose like or, or everything falls apart which i get from a shonen perspective like you need to create these things.
0: gotta have stakes it's right? just very
1: funny because these characters are like so weirdly joking when they're not on stage, like when two characters are like interacting, they are never busting each other's balls or telling jokes. They are like very clinically having a conversation with one another. Um, and there is one moment in particular that stands out. It's a very recent moment as well, but they are, they are currently right now, as we are recording this episode in the midst of the big tournament, they've been talking about kind of since the beginning of this series, it's just started. Um, and we are introduced to the wide cast of characters mm-hmm. and this is a televised event so someone's interviewing them and i don't know why you would ever ask this it's such a weird question to ask at like a comedy show but they're like why Why'd are you, you a, yeah, why, why did you get the stand-up comedy and like I don't know what to call him. Like the energetic.
0: Rising boy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Energetic jerk kid grabs the mic. He's like, I think I speak for everybody here. When I say we became comedians. Cause comedians are the coolest people in the world. And I, I truly do not cringe a lot of time, but it was, The dorkiest, it is the most uncomedian thing in the world to sit there and be like, we're comedians and we rule. Like you would never do it. It's so embarrassing. Like I would immediately disqualify them if I had and you say it, like, you're gone. Get out of here, kid. Just
0: think about, you know, some of the people out there that are like, you know, really, really successful stand-up comedians. It's like I was like, oh, Pat Noswell, yes, the coolest person in the world. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like it's it's just this thing that like most comedians even if they do have because there is like a rock star quality sometimes to comedians they're not gonna say it themselves though if you do you're dane cook and you're an asshole also he's a weird pervert now so (laughs) these are not the standards you should be holding yourself up to i'm just saying like comedians would not say these things or act this way so there's there's that level i don't think it'll bother as many people as it does me uh, just cause I've listened to enough people who have like, I forget the show Mindy Kalin did, or it might've been a movie, uh, with like Emma Thompson. I think she's the older one, right? Emma. No, I forget. I don't know. It, it was like a, it was like a late night comedy show movie and Mindy Kalin wrote it, who is like a comedy writer herself, but it's such a dour, serious movie. You're just like, I don't. This isn't what comedy writing is. Like anytime I I t- I see a comedy writer write about their career, they take the piss out of everything. So it's just very right. strange to to see this where it's like, "No, it's very cool we're stand-up comedians." In fact, it's super cool. Also, we have a sad backstory. That's why we're comedians.
0: Right. There is I believe that there is an old expression which is all comedians want to be dramatic actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, it, I, I think it has to do with like, you know, a love of stage performance and a wanting and an admiration for the stuff that they can't do kind yeah. of thing. Uh And yeah, I you are absolutely correct in terms of everything that I have ever seen about like, you know, story, you know. Stories about funny people are funny stories about comedians are not, <laughs> are not very serious. And I don't know what it is exactly about it. Maybe it has to do with you know, there's the reality that making it as a comedian, of course, can be an incredibly difficult journey. And I do think that, hey, if you're looking into like a realistic depiction of what it's like to, you know, be someone who's trying to get into comedy, this ain't it. This is a story. This is a shown you know, high school sports story yeah. where you don't get into like, you know, all the all of the, you know, looking into like, oh, all the all the stuff, all the people who just like get into this and just literally aren't good at it and or and, but keep on going after it there's a glimpse of it and there is an acknowledgement of the reality because it turns out that she's uh, father like was an aspiring folk musician for a really long time like 15 years of his adulthood and he just did not make it and he kept on going after it until eventually he reached a point where he's like i'm just I can't make it. I've got to quit. I've got, I've wasted too much of my life doing this and I'm never going to make it. And then the people who were kind of rooting him on while having their own really successful jobs are like, well, why are you quitting? You fucking quitter.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like a, a very nice taste of reality is like, well, yeah. And you know, once he started doing other stuff, yes, he, he's got a, a family and he's happy now, so he's fine. But he did not need to do that in order to be successful. He's not a failure just because he didn't become a successful musician. But, there is not very much examination of like okay you know in order to be a comedian you've got to like you know make as many shows as you possibly can you've got to get your name out there even if you're not getting paid for it these are kids who have the luxury of joining all these competitions where there's prize money at the end and making it as far as they already have means that they get to appear on radio shows talking about them when they're both fucking 15 (laughs) and stuff Uh, So it's not like uh, it's not a series about like, oh, the grind of making it as any sort of performer. It's a series that deals with the craft of comedy but not a lot of the you know suffering for your art side of it at least thus far
1: yeah and i'll be honest i don't know if i'd really even want to see that out of this series no either fair. <laughs> i think the series does well at what it's trying to do there's there's also a level that i i completely accept that this, there's like a cultural divide that exists here i don't watch mm. a lot of japanese comedy so i don't really know how that functions like one of the things in my mind is that like Every routine they do, and I think they have to do this because it would be boring to see them do the same routine over and over again, but they write a new routine for everything they do, um, Mm -hmm. which is, like, very contrary. But I I assume it is in that thing They're like, we can't do the same routine again because it will just not play well for the the reader. Uh, And I think a lot of decisions they do are decisions they make whether they're like, yeah, if, if everyone's just silly and jokey, this series doesn't have a dramatic weight because... Comedians are also notorious for not <laughs> being real, and it being oftentimes very difficult to uh, talk to them about anything, so... Um I think the series does a good job for what it's what it's executing on. As I said like I appreciate that they do show that there is there is an, an art to comedy that it, it is not just like hey I came up with a funny idea I said it and I got paid money. It's like hey right. we have to figure out how to win over this audience. We have to figure out how to refine this material. We have to figure out how what we're doing is going to do you know and react to who came before us and what's it, what's it going to do to who comes after us. Like, you know, we have to figure all this stuff out. And I I, I think I could really appreciate that they showed that there is a lot of art that are, you know, goes into uh, making comedy.
0: Mm -hmm. It's for what it is. I think it's a very, it's a very good series. Uh, I don't know if I would put it above like some of the other series in its line that we've talked about, like, you know, not just the kind of Banashi, but you know, other stuff about like, you know, stories about actors and stuff. I, but I think that it's just like, you know, if you want a series that, hey, you're going to read like once a month, I think it's very well crafted for that. Especially mm-hmm. because it does a very it has a very good focus on this month's chapter is about this act. Yeah. And you, you read the chapter and it's like, oh, that act was interesting in this way or that way. And now the chapter is done and the act is done. <laughs> so it's, it's very good ep- episodically uh, as well. Uh, so... Yeah, you can check it out for free. Uh, if you uh, live in areas where you know Viz services and Manga Plus and such are available, it's on it's on Manga Plus. It's on uh, the Shonen Jump website, uh, and if you've got uh, an account through Shonen Jump, you can read the entire series for free. Uh, it's only twenty one chapters. Yeah. Uh, they're they're long chapters because it's a monthly series. Uh, but it's still pretty easy to catch up on if you would like to.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the big thing to note is uh, this is a still relatively young series. This is pretty easy to catch up on, and I imagine you'll have uh, a decent time with it. It's, I think in my mind it was it's it's pretty fun. I don't know if it's like it's not the best thing I'm reading right now, but it's definitely mm-hmm. enjoyable and worth it. Also, chapters, as you kind of mentioned, are very substantial. This isn't like Boruto or even World Trigger. Uh, well, triggers. <laughs> uh, you for say that about reasons. this week. <laughs> but the idea of like uh, sometimes with monthly series, it feels like the content runs through very quickly. I, I honestly, chapters of this felt like I was like, oh wow, it's got to almost be done. I'd like tap the screen and be like, halfway through. Oh, what a blessing. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Good oh. stuff. Okay,
0: we have manga to talk about.
1: We have a whole bunch. Yeah. We should also note. Know- The order of the Uh recap is shifting slightly. We're just moving a a couple. We're moving a couple series that have uh, established themselves to be sticking around for a long time out of that section and moving them around. Also trying to buffer some of the end of the podcast a little bit.
0: Right. So we're going to start things off still, however, with My Hero Academia. It's chapter number 399, Organic Mingling Clusters of Light. Uh so All Might uh things are still not looking so good uh for him. He's managed to hit all for one uh hard a few times, but he's also, you know, taken some heavy blows himself. And he's a regular straw man guy, so he's got bones that don't regenerate. Uh but uh he calls on some more support items and basically goes Dr. Octopus. He combines yeah. uh the Abilities of Tentacle and Froppy in order to have suction cup tentacles. It feels like a little bit of a like Froppy's not very well represented in this entire outfit. She <laughs> just gets the suction pads. There's,
1: <laughs> there's a lot of stretches going on here and how he's representing his students. It's right, fine. Right. The, the effort is there. He's like, I'm going to represent all of my students. And they're like, How are you going to represent uh, Sugarman? He's like, I-, I don't know. The machine will punch hard. uh yeah. got, got it. All right, next one. They're like, How do you do Froppy? Like, I don't know. Something that's um sort of sticky in a way.
0: <laughs> She's got so many facets to her quirk. You could do so many things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> eh, Such <Suction> a cuffs. Such a cuffs.
0: So All Might briefly, th- you know, an is like, okay, if I managed to deal a damage all for one, then he starts to revert. So I'm, de- I'm, you know, I am affecting this. If I just manage to hit him hard some more. Uh, but of course, uh, all for one is still all for one. And uh, so he says like, you know, you're just, laughing one minute like an insane person then you're scampering around and hiding in the next I know what you're trying to do I don't need to waste my excess strength just to twist your garish grin into an agonized grimace and then he says he's going to use power saver mode which is really weird thing for him to say it feels like don't call anything power saver mode unless you've got like I don't know a laptop power that's the only time that you should call anything that
1: is anyway, your, he's is good. your issue that he's saying that because it he's like, I'm going to kick your ass, turn on reserve power, or is it because it's just like, no, nothing has power saving mode unless it's a laptop. I'd rather really see a little battery symbol going down, mister.
0: You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm going to go into power saving mode to beat you. That's all I need to do. But I, I am still at only like 35% and I do have a long day ahead of me. And I <laughs>
1: <walk>. <laughs> you know, I'm really not thinking this through. I'm, I, I'm not even thinking about what I'm going to do for dinner time. I got to get directions. I need my phone for that.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to make my way downtown without without GPS.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've never even been to this city before. And like you live in this city. Oh, Okay. No, uh, I'm definitely going to need my GPS to get home.
0: <laughs> uh. And uh, so he summons some really, really big mouths to attack All Might, who he is like, bullshit, you're not using power saver mode. And he's like, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. So, you know, the <laughs> six-year-olds are arguing over their play fight. Uh, and so, you know, now All Might's really pressed, uh, it seems like, and Alpha One's mocking him because like, oh, you're not so smiley and laughy anymore now. And uh, he refers to him as... An old fool providing hospice care for himself with shoddy simulacrums of the children's powers. Which is a sentence and a
1: half. <laughs> it's a pretty brutal <laughs> line, to be honest.
0: Uh, and then he tells him, hey, you're still on camera. Fucking smile, bitch. And he calls him the symbol of, um, of impotence, which is also really mean. And then he just pops out of a wall while All Might's running, and um... <laughs> Does something.
1: Uh. Punches him or something, but it's that little mouth as he comes out. Like, Like, what the fuck are you doing, my guy? He punches him
0: so hard that I think All Might's arm comes off. I think it's hard to tell, but there is a very there's some very bloody and broken bits of him now. But, despite this, and despite the fact that we also, like, kind of just look inside All Might's mind, it's that same visual for when he was, you know, clutching around the flame of one for all. Except this time he's just going, Ow! 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 (laughs) Uh, Despite all that, he says to offer One, You still don't get it. Lights tend to flicker on and off. While my light might be snuffed out, someone's sure to pick up my torch and shine on! And when that radiance meets the darkness, there is... Oh, no need for light. <laughs> uh, So, one of the many, many, many fights that we saw very briefly alluded to, very, very briefly, was that there was a murderer who was released from Tartarus named Kunieda. We've not seen, like, any of the actual fight aside from her just, like, showing up, I think, at the beginning when all the fights were clustered up. Uh Uh, She's basically killed all the heroes that came to confront her by turning them into flower pots. Got, like, evil flowers that feed on their life force sprouting out of them. Including Aoyama, who's still alive. Uh... And the flowers, like little jerks, take away his belt so he can't shoot lasers
1: What a jerk. <laughs> that's, like
0: the, that's the meanest thing. It's like, oh, you've got the weakest quirk of your class. I'm also just going to take your belt away. Fuck yeah. you.
1: And he just sits there floating up there. Pew, pew. Because he can't stop. And it. it's like Cyclops. He has to watch lasers shoot out of his belly button.
0: And they've got all these mean-looking flowers clustered around him. And uh, so they, they she refers to him as very pathetic and he says, I said merci because you remind myself of how shamefully I've lived and it's given me the desire to shine from deep down within my core. And his belly starts to glow and he shoots out a whole bunch of lasers from his belly and they just miss and shoot out wildly and don't, don't, don't touch anything. So Cunyeda says, Ha ha, you suck. And <laughs> fucking... Did this actually happen? I don't know if this actually happened. This
1: happens. This, this is this is actually
0: happening. I I say that because I I could not actually believe they gave a moment to the for it.
1: It makes sense like they, they everyone gets their chance to show off. I was so confused though at first because I forgot about Hagakure, so I was like, right. "Why is his Why are his lasers shooting into a giant naked woman? Like, I don't understand." Right. And then you're like, "Oh, it's Hagakure, who, of course, for very dramatic reasons, narrative important very narrative dramatic. reasons, has to be naked all the time."
0: Yeah, she's got to go through the escape room naked too. So, oh. <laughs> so. Uh, she uses her invisibility refraction thing on the naval laser that Ayama has fired out. And um, yeah, Kunieda gets hit by it. Hooray. And All Might continues on his speech to one, All for One saying, let there be light in the darkness so that I might twinkle as well. I'm not here to lose, All for
1: One. Know this name as you burn away. Can't stop twinkling. What a great fucking final panel! Can't stop twinkling, uh, and the fucking satellite shoots a laser. <laughs> down for one. It is legitimately very cool. Um, the chapter is a bit strange because it has to have like these like six pages devoted to uh, Aoyama and Hagakure in the middle uh, to like give their uh, sort of duality credence mm. to all might's move but i do appreciate it because it's nice to see how redeemed after being the traitor and like hey he gets a moment to shine quite literally shine during this yes. and i do like the combo with agakure who's like hey you know i bend and warp light i can reflect your light back it's a cool tag team move when things look bad i wish we had spent like a little time in this because it they also know, like, yeah, a lot of, like, heroes fell. And I'm like, were any important heroes in that group? Not that I can remember. Like, the one panel was, like, made me wonder. I was like, is Fat Gum in there?
0: And I was, like, well, I mean, that, that flower looks like his mouth. But, eh. I, I
1: don't like that at all. Um, so the idea of, like, yeah, it feels like I would have liked to have spent a little time <laughs> in this. But, we, you know, we get this. Whatever, uh, we're, we're we're gonna try to firmly establish this fight with All Might and All for One is, like, what we're actually really focusing on, and I do like that there's, like, a narrative synergy there. It doesn't perfectly work because the scene with Ayama is so short, but... Mm-hmm. I appreciate that we got that over the idea of, like, nothing or, like, an epilogue where they're like, hey, if you are want to find out what Ayama did during it, read the light novel <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> then you'll know how Kira got his sword. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I do like that it's also, you know, an Aoyama-Hagakure team-up because yeah. Hagakure was the one who, you know, discovered Ayama was the traitor, went to confront him with Deku in that in that sequence. Uh, and so this, you know, helps to close that loop and gives the, both of them a little moment that, you know, they didn't need to have. They're very, very, very unimportant characters in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Uh, but yeah, I do think it was weird that we just cut to this as if Horikoshi had just like suddenly remembered, to like, oh, right. <laughs> He's doing a big call out to Ayama. I should establish what Ayama is doing.
1: I, yeah, I think also it plays into it. Horikoshi is writing shorter chapters right now. So I think that plays, this, this is like a 15-page chapter, so it just feels very short in there. Um, but I honestly, I care more about Horikoshi's health, so please, draw yes. whatever you're, you're willing to. Um, But still, I, I had a good time. I think this All Might fight is turning out to be pretty fucking epic. I, I do love how he keeps adding all of his students, and Can't Stop Twinkling is such a great Can't like <laughs> one <laughs> to end a chapter with.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, let's so move on to Undead Unluck, then. Yeah,
1: let's talk about Undead Unluck. Number 173, the jerk as he stands is. So we open in sort of a weird thing where, yeah. uh, Chikara's parents, uh, are here in Union and they're like, uh, yes. hey, are you guys cool with doing this? And they're like, Excuse me, sorry. Uh, they're like, yeah, absolutely. We didn't want to like not be in contact with you for years on end. And then it cuts over to Nico. he's like, oh, you're coming this time, bao And he's like, yeah. The other said, I better get out of there. They never get stronger. Shin says something like, oh, forgive me. I wish to see Haruka grow up. And I'm like, kind of wondering what's going on until Ichigo's just. uh Ichigo's just like, let's do the time warp again. And you're like, oh, okay. They're, they're going, ahead. they're going forward in time. So it's worth doing a couple things. Bao is going to be going with them, which is sure, relevant. Uh, but Ashin is not. Uh, old man yeah. Ashin. So presumably we will now finally get the Ashin that we knew and right. uh, understood. So um, that's sort of the setup for a couple of these things. Uh, we immediately cut over to Apocalypse. I like how we spent, I like how
0: we spent all that time establishing Chikara's friend in high school and he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: he is not there and will never remember this kid because 16 years are skipped. Uh, Apocalypse is just sitting there like, stop using my quests like a time machine. Uh, but he just notes, he's like, was it wise to do that? There may have been negators you missed by warping so far forward in time. And Fuko is very confident. She's like, there aren't. Guaranteed. And Nico's like, how are you so certain Are you sure? <laughs> and she's like, no, I know. Because he even brings up, he's like, this loop has been different than everything else that's been going on previously. Like, there's been things that have thrown you off. So how do you know that Maybe. nothing has changed? She's like, oh, I know. Because I asked. He's like, asked? He mean, asked who? And she's like, it's a field feel like you're not partial to. And Nico's like. Is it like, the occult? <laughs> immediately like, did you really base your entire decision on the occult? And Foucault's like, I'm going. I'm leaving. Go
0: on. I, 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 I got to take this magic staff. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm
1: getting out of here. And she literally does. She flies away to Paris, France. Uh,
0: I love that Foucault has all this confidence. She has literally centuries of wisdom on her side. And she will still just run away from awkward conversations. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's 2015 now. She's in Paris, France. She kind of bemoans the fact that she's like, I've been on this planet for so long, but I still feel like I'm sticking out everywhere I go. And she's kind of like, maybe this person's not even going to show up. Like, you know, it, maybe she wasn't chosen to be in the gator in this world. And you know, if she does, you know, that's, it's it's all fine. Uh, and we get, like, a little bit of a flashback as Fuku's kind of thinking about this person. It's pretty clear who it is. We all know it's Lotla, who's the only person who's been established to be a fortune teller in this series. Right. Uh, but she's thinking about that 4.6 billion-year-old promise I made to the both of you. And Lotla shows up, and she's immediately angry. She's like... You said we'd reunite in 16 years, but you never specified a date. If I wasn't as awesome as I am, I know we never would have met.
0: You're lucky that this motorcycle helmet exactly conforms to the shape of my hair. (laughs)
1: Uh, So they're like, wait, this is confusing. Like, you look exactly the same as... Like what happened back then? It's been 16 years. I'm 21 years old now, which immediately had me concerned. Like, did Fuko go to a five year old for fortune telling? The answer yes. is yes. The answer is yes, she did. Uh, and she's like, So did it work out, the fortune telling? You know, she's, she starts going in flashback of how Fuko met her. And it was the day that Lotla's sister had her illness discovered. And Fuko meets her and is like, Hey, I'm here to make good on a promise. And I'm going to meet you again in 16 years. She, she also, in that time, asked her basically, like, where do you think my friends are? And kind of used that to pinpoint some things. Uh, and she's just like, hey, keep honing your fort- fortune telling skills. at 16 years, I'm, that's when I'm going to tell you who I am and what awaits the three of you. And that's such a fucking cool line. Like, I feel like you could set up an entire novel on that premise. A character oh, yeah. shows up. So like, hey, in 16 years... I'm gonna tell you who I am and explain what's gonna to happen to the three of you. Be like the three of what? What are you talking about? Uh, yeah,
0: I like almost I could have a person like that hasn't even met the other two people yet, and it's like kind of like getting closer and closer to the time. Yeah, and you can have a whole bunch of adventures even before that point.
1: Yeah, she has met her sister at this point and Rip, but like the idea that like, hey, you don't know who, what three are you talking about? What's the significance right. or like that? Uh, Lotless, of course, like. Now that I think about it, you're not telling me the date was a test, wasn't it? To make sure my fortune scal- telling skills improve. And Fuko's like, yes. And it has a little speed like, thought bubble that's like, nope, I forgot to tell her. <laughs> and then was like, lie- you're lying, aren't you? And she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I fucking love Fuko in this chapter. She's so goddamn funny. Uh, so she's like, all right, what's going on? What do you want? Um... Just so you know, whether you talk or not, we will not stop. If you choose to keep quiet, I'll just force a peek into your future and get my info that way. Mental warfare won't work against my fortune-telling. Fuqua's like, ah, okay, this is the kind of person Lotla is. She'll go to any lengths to help her loved ones, even at the cost of her life. But this time, I'm not going to let you handle all this alone. So she explains everything and gives her all the details of the last loop. You know, explain how... Even in the end they basically it was like hey, Rip and you were gonna do everything you could to get this loop and you know things happen the way it does. And Vuka's like do you still trust me after all of that? And Lala's like, No, that's that's fine. I'm just thinking about how he's a good man after all, isn't he? That jerk Rip that is. And she also bemoans. She's like, wait, I look just like my sister. Did he ever not have the hots for me? Like, not not once did he fucking even try to, like, make just, a pass. Just,
0: just don't tell her, Fuco. Don't tell her.
1: <laughs> uh, and Fuku's just like, look, Mr. Rip always cared about your little sister's sake. And you were an incredibly important person to him because of that. Which I guess kind of answers her concerns with that. Uh, She's like, look, you know, you guys have all your qualities. It inspired you to press forward till the end. But Matla's like, what's going to happen this time? What should we do in this loop? How can we save my little sister? And Fuko's like, listen, this tragedy involves your two abilities this entire time. She's thinking about what she's going to do to bring change to this. She's going to try to save them. And she notes, I am going to repair you gotta love the particular word choice, the scarred fate you three bear. Uh, so the best Oh op- my god, Lotless younger sister has the unbear ability! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Unscarred! Uh, I guess just means you never get scarred. That's pretty sweet. You can get, uh, you can cut your face all up and no one will know.
0: Uh, um, unbear either means, um, that uh, bears can't stand to be around you, so they just flee from you no matter what. Uh, you can't bear anything; so you've got no stamina. You can't lift anything, or uh, the unbear, you can't get naked. Uh,
1: ah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the Second Amendment kind of wording where you're trying to figure out <laughs> like, right. what what does bear really mean. Uh, I do think there's like a fun fan fiction potential in a character who's unbearable and. <laughs> Just no one wants to be near them. Like, they're like, God, we need this person to get there because no one can stand to be around this motherfucker.
0: Just shows up in a room, like, "Hey guys, you want to be on my podcast?"
1: <laughs> it's just me and I walk in. Hey guys, <laughs> fart noise. Everyone's <laughs> like, I can't, I can't bear to be around this bitch. Uh, Foucault notes, like, hey, the best way to solve this is to make you two negators. You're probably already a negator. Like, that's the path you're set on. But Mr. Rip, on the other hand, and lot of me, like, no, it's fine. Like, you're concerned about whether he's skilled or not to become the vessel for unrepair, right? And you're like, no. Rip's been doing pretty well in this universe. Like, you told me everything that's going to happen, but let's just say I'm positive that jerk as he stands is even more amazing than his past self. And we, we get Rip stepping out of a, a fancy car, his little fancy badge flowing in the wind, and I'm not yeah, gonna this lie.
0: Fucking, this this fucking 80s action Kira yeah. over here, Rip Tristan.
1: <laughs> it is an amazing. I feel like we've heard his full name before, but it is great scene that written there where you're like, I guess Rip is your first name, man. <laughs> Go for it. It's
0: gonna be a little bit difficult to tell Rip apart from all of his other light, light-haired teammates. Yeah. if lose your gonna, eye,
1: um, lose an <laughs> eye. I can't tell who's who. Where your get your legs chopped off so you can fix those <laughs> knives to them instead. Uh it is. Um, I I can't help it though. I'm like fuck yeah, Rip's back. It's the same thing when Rip showed it before. I'm I'm like completely helpless to not think this character is super cool when he shows up in the douchiest ways possible <laughs> right. I don't know
0: I mean like uh, this is out, out of all the different uh, you know characters that is gonna have to try and like you know do things right this time with Rip and Lottler are possibly like the biggest one
2: uh, yeah I mean, Because
0: I mean like how insanely tragic their, their entire story together is and the fact that you know Billy had to fucking kill him. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Andy. Uh, so Andy, yeah, yeah th- this is definitely one of the biggest ones. I Assuming that maybe Unruin is still someone she has to recruit. Maybe that's like the big finale or something like that. But yeah, this is definitely one of the, maybe the biggest ones. So I'm very excited to see this. I'll be curious to see what's going to happen here. And I just love like the humor injected throughout the chapter um everyone was just really entertaining and i had a good time
0: yeah it was a very fun chapter just just as a setup chapter uh mm-hmm. so it was nice all right let's move on to buh, 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 blue box that's
1: right blue box up at the front baby Woo!
0: chapter number 115 lucky uh so, hey, it's, uh you know, the, the freaking badminton tournament <laughs> that we've been building up to. And uh, so we kind of just get a reminder of the stakes, which are, hey, there's only two slots that come out of this tournament in order to become eligible for the Summer National Singles Tournament. And, of course, you know, the two walls in Taiki's Way are Haru and Yusa. And so he's like, look. The least that I can do at this tournament for first years is wicked. Uh and uh so you know people like look around, it's like, oh hey, look, you know, Sajikawa, Yusa school is right over there, they're built different. Wait a minute. Why don't I see Yusa with them? <laughs> and uh so someone comes up and is like, I hey, check it out, I just heard from the front desk. Uh, Yusa pulled out of the tournament. And Taki's like, Wait, what? He did what? Yeah, uh, apparently, like, uh, the top players at his school went on a trip to play abroad, and Yusa got selected from the first years. So, yeah. Oof. Taiki hyped himself up for this rematch with the guy he sees as his rival, and nope, he didn't show up. Yeah. And Taiki
1: takes this personally. <laughs> not even does it show up doesn't show up because he's so much better than taiki is where he's like oh no i was selected to go for with the first years uh or the first team to uh you know foreign country and perform there like damn
0: yeah and taiki's like he didn't even see his competition at all he's "He's probably just not thinking of you (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) uh, knowing what we know of you say he's probably just kind of dazing in and out of consciousness right now (laughs) until it's time to uh, play batminton
0: uh, so meanwhile the rest of taiki's teammates are kind of you know analyzing this competition're they like wow he's he's playing abroad how are you it seems like kind of amused by this he says that this is quote unquote cheeky of Yusuke. <laughs> um and then they're like oh man yeah taiki was really looking forward to this and you know, he was like oh this might be perfect though well how because he basically has no excuse to, to, to but to win <laughs> so uh yeah, they go over that uh Shinatsu and Nagisa show up mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, what are you guys talking about? And uh, Harry's like, oh yeah. yeah." So the hare hopped on the plane and left. So now the tortoise is wondering <laughs> what to do. Uh, so he's like, look, he needs confidence at, at this point, not just the desire to win, but by refusing to lose and having the ability to back up that confidence, loading himself with that pressure going forward will make him leagues stronger. Just like romance. Mm -hmm. It's only after you start dating that you need confidence, you know? Yep. I guess. (laughs) Absolutely. Why wouldn't that be true, Nick? Yeah, you wouldn't need confidence when you try to ask someone out.
1: (sighs) Yeah, My philosophy is just wing it until, like, your golden anniversary. (laughs) And then you start feeling like, maybe they do want to be here.
0: Uh... Nicole, honey, if you're listening, I'm not listening to this advice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Nick suddenly has a lot of confidence about his relationship. I feel like I kind of (laughs) do.
0: Anyway, so... (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Haru was still thinking about his kohai. He's like, hey, come on, Taiki. You you can't be a challenger forever. You've beaten Yusa once before. Uh, But... Uh, you know, a lot of people were just kind of like thinking that, hey, Yusa's like, you know, was the favorite, so f- who who else is gonna win? But they say, like, hey, you know, there is that other guy from Sajikawa. People are saying that he's gonna be the one who wins this tournament, Mochizuki. And we very briefly did meet Mochizuki at that last badminton tournament. Did we? Uh, God. Very briefly. Uh, he's pretty laid back. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, happy to hear that. Sweet, uh, we everyone checked... thinks I'm
1: gonna win. That rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh so everyone's still talking about oh, Yusa missed the competition. Oh, Yusa missed the competition. <laughs> we can't check in on I <laughs> and she's like, No Bull cut boy I mean Yusa, no <laughs> She still doesn't even she's remember her just name. so down
1: bad for this kid. Uh she's like, I
0: even made sure I got a massage and stretched yesterday. <laughs> For
1: what? She has a little line. She's like, I'm in peak condition. It's like for what? <laughs> why, why would you need to you know what? It's good you stretched. It is good you stretched.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, and she's like, Oh I thought I'd get a chance to see him. But it's so cool he's playing overseas. <laughs> uh but hey, so yo, Kyo. 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 Yeah, it's uh, Stop checks in on her. Is like, hey, you know, this means that if, since you are not here, you can just, you know, refer your own home team, right? And she's like, I was gonna do that anyway, <laughs> which pre- which is pretty cute.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and uh, you know, like, uh, there's people who are going by and they're like, oh yeah, Mochizuki's gonna win, maybe, and and he, uh, yeah. So Imai looks up at him and says, "Who do you think will win?" This is such a great line. <laughs> it's so great because he's like. You're asking me that. Don't forget, I'm participating too. Oh, <laughs> right. Joe's was, was part of the badminton Club. Everyone's like,
1: oh, yeah. yeah no, yo, On the badminton team. And
0: just a very sweet moment where uh, yeah, he walks off clearly. Like, he doesn't show it on his face, but he's clearly upset by, you know, like her kind of dismissing his chances of winning mm-hmm. without meaning to. And she realizes this as he says this and walks off and she immediately looks really sad about it. And then she starts like punching the chair in her. Life. I didn't mean to be that. I didn't try to be mean. Uh, It's very cute.
1: Uh, it's funny. They are pushing this ship a little harder every, di- every week and uh, you know what? I'm starting to get on board.
0: Hey, we gotta have some ship. Chinatsu and Taiki are already together. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm all on board with Kyoyame, Ky kyoyame. Yeah? Yeah, alright. Okay, that's okay. Kyoyame, Kyoyame. You just gotta say that's it a- that same way. Inuyasha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so Taiki, you know, makes his way through some games. He's doing well. He's pretty hard on himself though, like oh that I had some unnecessary rallies in that. Uh, oh my gonna- god,
1: Black Endo is right. It should be Ayako! <laughs> Ayakyo! Ayakyo!
0: Yeah. Uh, he runs into Kishi, who I did not remember. Uh, so...
1: <laughs> but... yeah, there's legitimately two rivals I remember, and it's yeah. uh, Yusa and then older Yusa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, and, he's, and uh, Kishi apparently is like, "Oh, it, it really is you, but your aura has changed since last time." And he like, almost, and uh, Taiki's like, "You can see auras? What color is mine? Uh, it's not that kind of aura." <laughs> what fucking kind of aura is it? <laughs> uh, but uh, he says like, "Yeah, I was watching your match. You gotten really strong." But Taiki's like, oh, "I'm gonna get even stronger." And he's thinking because like, because I've got to follow the example of someone important to me. Uh. And then you know he gets he, he really humbles it up and like, Oh yeah, Haru Senpai's always beating me, so I've gotta get good enough to return his shots at least, and I'm aiming for nationals and stuff. And from the sidelines, someone goes, Huh. And Mochizuki is over there, wearing his douchey headband. And he's like, Oh, sorry, it's just so rare in these day and age to hear someone just go, like, Oh, I'm gonna go to nationals. Oh hey, you beat you in his practice match. Yeah, I mean, Yusa had been really tired because he'd been playing in a bunch of matches by then and stuff. It's,
1: fuck you. <laughs> I mean, you do have to bring it up because it's like, yeah, you beat Yusa, you know, after he did a whole lot of matches. But yeah, it's, it, it is it is kind of douchey. Yeah,
0: you know, Sataiki's like, what, don't you want to play in nationalism? It's like, nah, I play Batman because I like it. And without Yusa in this tournament, I'm lucky because if he were here, I wouldn't have a chance at winning. And Taiki, as he walks off, is like, lucky. What good is it to have that kind of luck? like, God, calm down, dude.
1: (laughs) I do appreciate his thought process where he's like, I don't want to win by default. Like, I want to play the best players. I want to win. I've trained this hard for this reason. And here's this guy who's like, oh, how fortunate it is that my biggest rival isn't here. I get an automatic buy. It's a good like clashing of philosophies between these two characters, and you do see why somebody might find Taiki admirable. If this is his thought process all the time, he's just like, "No, I want to be the best. I want to beat the best. I don't want to. I don't want to win a tournament because the best isn't here." You know, and that's that's why he's got a girlfriend, Nick.
0: Yeah, it's true. He pushed
1: himself, I guess. Uh-huh. He never gives up. Never surrenders. Yep. If, ankle, like- if Kurt Angle in his prime had him in the ankle lock, he would not tap. He would not. His ankle would be broken because Kurt Angle breaks ankles. He snaps them. <laughs> uh, but he would not He would not tap out. And that's admirable. And that- You'd never play uh, badminton again, probably, after the snapped <laughs> ankle. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tap out, Nick. He's not a coward. Not like that bastard Triple H. He tapped out to an unnamed, no, like an unnamed opponent at Wrestlemania 20 <laughs> God he tapped out to the spirit of New Orleans that was in that building, no, no, 30 to the uh, spirit that's...
0: of Shawn Michaels who yeah. was outside
1: the ring <laughs> oh, oh like, I can't do this anymore oh no, Shawn's right over there, I can't go on <laughs> I can't even see him anymore he's down on the ground <laughs> oh god <laughs> anyway taking rules let's talk about spy family
0: <laughs> spy family mission 87 hey we got some aftermath to the mission that Lloyd and Fiona were involved with yeah,
1: Fiona's we, in the hospital <laughs> we got like half a chapter that's really important and then half of a chapter that's really not <laughs> yeah it's, it's the only, there's
0: like some little bits and pieces here and there throughout the, the hospital discussion like oh here's some of the aftermath the handler comes in in disguise as a nurse and gives Fiona a breakdown of, like, the results of everything that happened after that point. Uh, she's And uh, she says, like, okay, it looks like everything's going on here at the hospital. Fiona's like, uh, please leave. And she's like, I'm here because now I have to fill in because you and Twilight are injured and can't do your jobs. <laughs>
1: And she's doing it by uh, just grinding her knuckles into the side of her head. It's literally like the only place you could still hurt her at this point. Right. Everything else
0: so is like she, bandaged up and casts. Yeah, she says, I'm here because of that. And also because I wanted to wear this nurse uniform, which I might be that. the most the most like, lighthearted moment that the handler has gotten in this series.
1: I totally am, empath- but it's a cute outfit. I also would want to wear one.
0: It's and I like the way it makes her hair look, honestly. Uh-huh. Uh so yeah, she goes over like, hey, actually as it turns out, you know, your bone breaks were clean, uh, and the muscular damage wasn't all that bad. So you're actually not gonna be in here that long before you're discharged. And so Fiona thinks, is this because I did all that mountain training to get my revenge match against you against your th- being so strong helped me not get injured? I mean maybe. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, the handler says, hey, congrats on the good work, and gives her a little head pat, and says, don't be so willing to get yourself killed, I cherish the work you do, and I cherish and adore you, Aww. and Fiona is clearly, utterly perplexed by this, because she just stares blankly at her, and she's like, oh, so you cherish and adore me because i obediently work for you, right? And she's like, "Well, yes, but hey, keep pushing yourself. Don't push yourself too hard, not even for his sake." And then she leaves.
1: It's such a cute like, thing.
0: And and then Fiona goes, "She knows how I feel about Twilight." Yes. <laughs> everyone knows how you feel about twilight except twilight
1: i love it because she's like oh my god everyone knows how i feel about twilight and we cut to outside and you could just see a sound effect of like clashing and clattering from inside there and handler's walking away going yeah so adorable (laughs) (laughs) it's so easy to read um nick i am turning a corner on nightfall i'm kind of enjoying her now i'm liking her i'm rooting for her I feel like I'm going to regret this. I feel like we're going to get a really annoying tw- uh, nightfall chapter sometime like in a month or two. And I'm going to be like, God damn her. But right now, I think she is cute. And I hope she recovers well. And I'm glad that she knows that she's appreciated because that's important.
0: Yes. you got to have someone who appreciates her. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the Forger household. Yor has made breakfast for the family. And uh, she cut up her hands quite a bit, but she apparently has made an okay breakfast because Anya likes it Aw,
1: She's like, it's Uh, a little tiny, teeny better. She used so many dishes. So many. I can't, like, I'm trying to identify what the food is. It looks like there's a (laughs) plate. It looked like, honestly, like she's feeding them a succulent (laughs) because there's just like a, a bunch of leaves coming out of a cup and then what looks to be some kind of like maybe cheese or something. Anyways the entire sink is just full of nonsense. There is a mallet in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I think not like is a meat
0: ma- Not like a meat and mallet either. <laughs> just a big hammer.
1: <laughs> it looks like I thought this might have been a cutting board but now as I look closer there may be a saw in there as well. <laughs>
0: Uh so Lloyd is thinking thinking to so himself like, oh man, I, I I need to heal up from all the damage I took on my mission. Anya reaches mind, and Nuriazin's like, Oh, are you so hurt we can't go in an ooting? And and Lloyd's like, Yeah, I gotta get some rest today. Uh plus I've got a bunch of, you know, paperwork and stuff to do. So uh Yor's like, Okay, it's okay, we'll just play at home. We'll do it nice and quietly. Lloyd goes to get some fucking sleep, uh, and uh Anya, you know, she just kind of hangs out with Yor. She's doing some drawing and stuff. Uh, and Yor says, like, oh, did you have fun at the zoo yesterday? Oh, the adventure we could have had. Anya at the zoo. What a great what a great oh, five chapters that would have been. <laughs> that
1: would have been so fun. We just come back and Lloyd's dying. <laughs> He's been shy. We're like, wow, I what happened there? But we did get to see Anya at the zoo.
0: It was pretty great. Uh, Anya says, like, oh, I forgot. Here's a lion I captured at the zoo. She pulls a lion plushie out of her backpack.
1: So So cute. So goddamn cute.
0: Uh, Bond gets a little bit jealous because of that, but it's okay. He's learned to be more constructive. Instead of mauling her stuffed animals, uh, he puffs up his, the hair around his around his collar, so he looks a bit like a lion. And Anya's like, oh, you're so cool, Bond! Now it could be an elephant! Uh, it doesn't work out so well. He tries to just breathe through his nose really hard and just snot. Just, yeah,
1: just shoots snot out. And everyone's like, uh...
0: Uh, So they try and they just kind of play around with Bond, having him impersonate different animals. He tries to be a giraffe and he looks instead like kind of like an alpaca. And then Yara's like, oh, it's okay, Bond. We like you just the way you are. She gives him a nice brushing, gets him all nice and clean. And Anya's like, Bond looks happy. Can you brush my hair, too? Brushes Anya's hair. And she's like, am I shiny now? Yeah. Oh, Frankie comes in. We should look. I'm all shiny and silky. Let's brush Scruffy's hair, too. And then Frankie's like, no, if I do that, then I'll lose my trademark. And Yara's like, yeah, we can't do that to Frankie. Without his hair, no one would even know who he is. (laughs) Truly biting. Yeah. And then the chapter ends on them making a whole bunch of noise. And Lloyd just kind of like pokes his head out. He's very tired. He slams the door. Yeah.
1: Lloyd's having a rough night. He wants to suck it up, Lloyd. Suck it up. Um. The first half of the chapter I really like is like a cool lot, of, like, uh, amount of detail being given between Handler and Nightfall's relationship. And I do just like seeing her, like, get appreciated and all that. Uh, the second half of it is fine. It's like a couple different animal jokes with Bond. Uh, and I do really like the moment of your just brushing Anya's hair and her being like, now I have nice. such silky, smooth hair. And it's like very cute.
0: So. Yeah. No, Just cute family time. Yeah. That's all.
1: Yeah. Where we did the spy stuff, Nick. Now it's time for the X family stuff.
0: Uh, Don't be careful how many X's you put
1: there. (laughs) (laughs) No, Nick, I'm going to type X family into Google. My X key sometimes gets stuck and types a letter three times. Wait, no! (laughs) And I don't need that pesky safe search on. (laughs) Why would I? Oh, what's this? Whole
0: family has a good time together. Let's <laughs> click this and watch the whole video. Oh my god, their clothes came off so quickly. <laughs> Why are they all stuck in washing machines?
1: <laughs> yeah, guys yeah, stupids, one of you has to not be stuck in the washing machine so you can have the sex in the butt, you idiots. Oh, she didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just every character stuck in it. Um, Yeah, good stuff. And uh, we'll try World Trigger. <laughs>
0: world Trigger. Oh, come on. Sex jokes and World Trigger. Those don't go together. Never. Some separations. <laughs> All right. World Trigger. Ch- chapter 236. Not the away team mission.
1: <laughs> Nick, what a promised land we've gotten into. After six years of World Trigger being in a non-ending exam arc, we're finally moving something
0: forward. <laughs> Chapter two hundred thirty-six, Mirai Hatohara. It's a flashback, kind of comp, not, not compilation. What's a what's the term for it? It's it's a, kind of a flashback montage yeah, sequence. Flashback montage? Give us a, a you know kind of a catching up on the whole thing that involved Hatohara, mm-hmm. uh, whom of course Yuzuru you know looked up to, uh, could not shoot worth a shit. Was brought up multiple times uh, when that was Chika's thing and was part of Nina Mia's squad when she mysteriously vanished and supposedly uh, cavorted with uh, illegal people to steal uh, border technology and stuff. Anyway, we see that Nina Mia, uh confronted Borders 8 uh, leadership and said, Hey, we should have passed your selection test and been selected for this away mission. Why isn't my squad allowed on the mission? And they're like, because your fucking sniper can't shoot people, dude. Come on! <laughs> we can't we can't have you have a sniper you can't shoot people. Uh because you know there's a big risk fa- factor to other people and stuff. They say, hey me if you want to go on the mission, why don't you, you know, apply as an individual? And Namiya says, No, that's no. It's her goal to join the mission. I'm joining myself, what's the point in that? My squad is more than capable of making up for Hadara's reluctance to shoot other people. There are operators, there are engineers, there are other non-combatants on the mission as well. Why is Hadahara a problem for you guys? And Commander Kido says, look, there's limited personnel slots for this mission. If we have a squad that has two non-combatants, Hadahara, and your operator, then that's just a larger bird for the rest of the crew. Is that not enough of a reason? All right, fine. Uh, Nemia says, okay, even with two non-combatants... My squad can rise to the top spot A rank. When we do that, I ask you permit us to join the away mission. And to his credit, Keto says, I'm no. not taking that deal. <laughs> I do
1: I'm appreciate not making... even with the wildness, he's like, I, that is not a deal I could make.
0: <laughs> no, I am not making a promise to a to an 18 year old or whatever <laughs> the fuck. But he says, look, if you achieve that goal, Will reconsider your participation. Anyway, leave. It <laughs> just leaves <laughs> the conversation immediately. Uh, Nia Mia's left to his own thoughts, and uh, the hallway. Izumi you know, comes up to him, and is like, "Hey, what's up?" And Enemy Mia's like, "Teach me how to shoot like you." What? Teach me everything you know about marksmanship. I mean, no, we're we're rivals, and you're ranked higher than me as a shooter, so why don't we just, you know, work our way up individually and then we'll compete in the rank wars. Goodbye. And Minami is like, no, Izumi. And he bows to him. He says, I'm begging you.
1: Aww. So, they all have such, he... in, uh, like, invested relationships with one another.
0: Yeah. Uh, So then Minami, of course, has to break the news to his squad. Uh, Hadahara apologizes to everyone because she realizes, like, it's my it's my fault no one of course is hard on her about anything it's like uh, well, what will they re- really reconsider it if we come first in A rank and their operator is like they just said they consider it they didn't promise us anything technically
1: yeah and, and the way World Trigger is very good at they, they very clinically look through the scenario and are like they promised us nothing so yeah. I don't know like
0: but Ninamiya, however, does say, like, look, if we do take the top spot in A rank, then that'll basically take away their argument that the other squads would be burdened by us going on the mission. The, I mean, the idea that we would hit our squads weaker than us is baseless. So we'll claim the top spot, and I'll take the case to leadership again. Uh, and Hadahara is like, what if they still say no, though? I mean, is this all going to be for nothing? All this effort that we poured in. And everyone says like, hey, look, we've always been aiming for this anyway. Don't dwell on this. Don't let it get you down. Everyone's still very encouraging towards her. Uh-huh. And Nimiya says like, look, th- we might be in this for the long haul, but mark my words, we will get on away mission material. And that's meant for all five of us. And then Adahara finally perks up at least a little bit at that. She doesn't look very happy, but she smiles at least. Yeah. Uh, she breaks the news to Yuzuru, her her little friend, uh, over the phone. And uh, Yuzuru's upset on her behalf and everything. And she's like, oh, you know, leadership gets to call the shots and stuff. They don't think I'm cut out for it because I can't shoot others. Uh, and Yuzuru's like, that doesn't make any sense. Toma gets the green light and they say no to you? Uh, and she's like, hey, come on, there's nothing wrong with him. And I feel like I let my squadmates down now and I feel really bad about it. Uh, and... Uh, but he says, hey, look, eventually they're going to acknowledge your talents, and maybe you'll even manage to overcome your problems someday. And Hadahara is quiet for a second, and then she's like, I mean, that's really nice of you, but no, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do that. There's just something wrong with me. There's just Aww. something wrong with me that I don't want to shoot people in the face. What What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm <you>? an
1: animal! The <laughs> <A> defect! defect! <laughs>
0: And she apologizes to Yuzuru, and that's the end of their phone conversation, and we just get narration saying, and shortly after that, she vanished. So, the truth is that nobody actually knows yeah. <laughs> we're out on of our way. We kind of got a hint that maybe people did, but all that we are really told is that Mia knows that the cover story was a cover story, yeah. and that's just it. Uh, so we get a meeting, uh, where, uh, like Niumia squad mates meet up together and are like, Hey guys, <laughs> Niumia really depressed about this. <laughs> uh, then, uh, he goes to see a commander Kido who says like, look, the cover story is that she received a disciplinary discharge after a violation involving borders, classified secrets. That's what everyone's been told. In accordance, your squad's going to be demoted to B rank during the next season. You can't rise back up. Do you have any objections? is like, no, none. So goes along with that. Uh, and everyone, of course, is you know like wondering, like, well, oh my god, did Hatahara really break the law and everything like that? Well, user is like, what the what 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 what? Uh, some time goes by, and we see how Yuzuru's squad <laughs> reacts to this. So, yeah, they don't know that Haruhara is fucking in the neighborhood. She's just, you know, missing. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, and her family went away. What What happened? At this
1: point, they just know she's committed a violation and been yeah. like suspended or expelled, essentially. Right, And no one can get a hold of her. Yeah, they're like, where is
0: she? Did she move away? It was like, no, she was kind of distant from her family, so it doesn't mean anything that they moved away. And, you know, what's going on? And user is blaming himself like damn it i should have if only i had taken more time and heard her out when she was clearly going through something uh so their operator there's too many operators in the series i can't remember all their names uh <laughs> brings up a comes up with a plan which is we've got to reach her and uh call her out so the way to do that is to make an appearance on tv like the way arashiyama squad does So, okay, so what? So, should we ask Arashiyama Squad a favor? No, no, no. It can't be them. It's got to be Yuzuru. Makes a public appearance, calls her out, and then she'll get in touch with us. There's nobody closer to her than him. So, everyone agrees with this. They're on this. They're on this. Uh So, all right, we've got this idea. We've got this idea. And so, they go to see director, uh, (laughs) Director Netsuki, who is... The director with the weird face uh, and the blonde and the light colored hair. So he's like, ah, oh, you want to be part of the PR squad? huh?" Eh? He, so
1: like, he also talks like an
0: old timey gangster we've established yeah, as well. Uh, I think that he actually talks differently than that. whenever I did a voice for him, whatever, I can't remember. So, so he, they're like, hey, you know, look at us. We're a bunch of oddballs, right? We'd be great
1: for a PR team. Yeah. Uh, I love and, it. Daily and so hard. And like, wouldn't it be weird if, like, you have like this squad of like extraordinarily attractive and charismatic uh, kids that you have, you know, do the PR normally? What if you just got like the weirdest little freaks and you had them do it, like, as a joke? Wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs>
0: So Netsky's like, I mean, I don't know, uh, but you know, I'm like, hey, we appeal to a different demographic than our Ashiyama squad, and the user is just like, please let us do this. So Netsky's like, all right, I will consider it, but know that you also need approval from the commander and director. And so he starts to, you know, turn away. You know, the squad are like, yeah, all right, we're doing it. And of course, as he turns away, he just thinks, like, I mean, I feel bad for them, but I mean, look, there's, there's, they're too. Rest- there's no way this
1: works. No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so he's just like, I'll just, you know, tell them no later. <laughs> but Kagayura, who of course can sense others' emotions directed towards him, basically used this as a lie detector in this moment and is like, You're just giving us false hope while you stall. He's like, no, I said I consider it, that pity of yours cuts deep. You hear me?
1: Okay. <gasps> <gasps> yeah, he he's, uh, straight up, fucking Shoreyukin's this motherfucker just fucking destroys. It. <laughs> it is such a punch. The panel after that shows him, and he's fucking floating. He is in the air, body back, legs still like kind of dangling, like he got fucking rocked
0: it shows how many fighting games i've played too that i got the two moves mixed up but uh so fucking kakizaki fucking (laughs) witnessed the whole thing and uh spoke up on their behalf afterwards apparently kissed a lot of ass but as a result of this (laughs) kagiura has been demoted to b rank. Yeah, they can't make
1: their way up B rank. <laughs> and this explains how these two characters, these two groups, were in B rank as we saw, God, like th- eight years ago <laughs> at this eight. point. Yeah.
0: So they all say to Kagura, like, you guys, you should be like, we, we're just lucky that the police are involved in this. <laughs> and I do like that the only like backlash that Kagura really gets personally is just being told, you screwed up and you know <laughs> it. Jay yeah, are such a <laughs>
1: fucking dope. <laughs>
0: Uh so they're like, Alright, well plan B and you what do we do next? And user is just like we should just give up on that. And she left without telling me anything. She doesn't want to see any of us. I've accepted it. I'm sorry all of you tried to do this for me. Aww. Aww. In the present, he reacts to Yamiya telling him that Hatahara is in the neighborhood, and we are told Oh, there's a high chance <laughs> <laughs> she's in the neighborhood. Uh, but he says, like, yeah, it's his suspicion that she walked off the base with some triggers, teamed up with a non-border entity, smuggled herself into the neighborhood. This is all very shocking news to Yuzuru. And uh, he's, you know, Nidamiya says, like, look, I get on a logical level why she would do that. Because, you know, she was stuck wondering if Border would ever let her join an away mission, but... The fact that she just vanished without a word to you, to her squad mates, and allied herself with outsiders instead. As you were so eager to point out, perhaps my approach was problematic. Maybe I did indeed drive Hadahara away. But that doesn't mean I will take any of this lying down. I need to hear her reasons directly. That is my goal on this upcoming mission.
1: I love Hell yeah, Nina-mia. Yeah, Ninamiya has really gained like a tremendous amount of depth recently uh and this chapter really paints him in such an interesting way because even as he says there he's like yeah maybe maybe exactly like you said my approach drove hadahara away and you're like we just watched this flashback your approach was like hey if we all work really hard together next time I think that this team is capable of proving everybody wrong it's not like he yelled at her or anything like that like fuck but, you you can't it, shoot people <laughs> but he carries that weight on him because yeah. she left he's like I must have done something to be responsible my approach was not right and you're like shit like this is like a teenager <laughs> whose friend is gone and he's very confused about it and I don't know. It's just like it really paints a lot of his past actions in a different light for me. Um, you can kind of understand why he's so hard on everybody else because he's also way more hard on himself. Um, and uh, I really, really enjoyed this chapter. Uh, one, because there's not a single point. Does any character talk about essays or a, a battle a battle simulation? Nothing. It's so nice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really I, I had a lot of fun with this.
0: Yeah, I, I almost forgot to read this and read it about five minutes before we started the recording. And when I got to the point when Kaigeru uppercut the fuck out <laughs> of I was like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I not believe it. We oh, have God, Zero time. We have a ton of chapters still to talk about, so let's go really quickly through Eden Zero. This is Eden Zero, Eden zero chapter two fifty four, stage two. Rebecca is still stuck in the escape room. She's trying to figure her way out. There's a puzzle involving the five, uh, what Chinese elements I think they are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Fire. she
0: fire water earth wood and metal
1: yes it's a very video gamey puzzle which i do appreciate uh she finds an extra exit it leads her to a room with a bunch of doors she opens doors uh, versions of her crewmates are there who just attack her and she's being mm-hmm. told like hey you know there's a logic to all this and rebecca finally really like, she shouts out like there's too many doors and that like gives her this moment of recollection where she's like I used to say there were too many doors back when I was playing that video game and all of a sudden when the doors started glowing and even Weiss was like, did I program the game to do that? Uh, and Rebecca Griff on the other side, she's like, oh, hey, I did it. Also, I dislike this is shitty game design before this point where it was just like, just open doors and see what happens. It's hard because you yeah. don't know. Like, fuck you, Weiss, you suck at game design.
0: Yeah, it's like there is nothing distinguishing the doors from each other, and there's a billion of them. So just keep on trying doors.
1: Yeah, so Rebecca starts realizing, like, there's been clues all along. She's like, the code on the lock was 0211. That's the day I played the game with the professor. I'm like how what a, do you know that <laughs> what a weirdly specific thing to remember but okay and she's like the answer to the elemental clue was earth like the earth planet norma and i'm like what a Fuck fucking you. stretch what a goddamn stretch to get to that point uh but yeah she finds griff boom they save her friends but hey joker helix is like no i'm not done with you i haven't played enough with you Uh, Rebecca's like gets attacked but she's like no it's fine I think I know what Joker really wants Uh, Joker's like ah play with me play with me over and over again and Rebecca's like no what you really love is helping people have fun and when I was a little kid getting tripped into the game you'd give them a hint because you want them to have a good time and that's what you really are and she smashes through this Joker Helix's little mask thing and inside is another Joker Helix, and she's literally fucking floating in glitter space, and she's like, the real you is kind to everyone, and I want you to keep making lots of awesome games. Help us have fun. And the little visor for, for Joker Helix becomes translucent, like she lifts it up a little bit, and she's an extraordinarily attractive woman, and she's like, I will. <laughs> Guess who called it yeah i think basically verbatim uh and she's like you know i'd really like an open world game with lots of kitties where we can go on a big adventure and we cut to the the real world where feather is like oh i've lost all the jokers they've all been eliminated that's the end of the chapter it looks like because she's gotten close to her she's able to uh get rid of all the clones
0: yep um, it's all basically very cookie cutter, uh, except for the, as you pointed out, very bizarre stretches to indicate it's like,
1: oh no, these were hints. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> part of me is like, I wonder if I go back to that chapter where they first introduced it, like maybe there was a calendar on the wall that said two eleven, so it was a clue for like me as the audience to get, but yeah, it's, it's very like, all right, I, I, I certainly don't remember when I played video games that are deeply, imp- like the exact date that I played video games that are deeply important to me. Like, oh yeah, the day I beat Kingdom Hearts 1 and Sephiroth for the first time. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that date. I remember that memory, but. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: my biggest problem with this chapter is that there's a moment where Rebecca's trying to fight off Joker Helix, who of course attacks her with tentacles because of course she does. And when fi- while fighting them off, Rebecca basically goes like fully spread eagle to like, push yeah. them away with their feet that's not the problem it's that weiss and Shiki are watching this and they just go
1: oh wow rebecca that's a look as a- it's it's real like two women oh. are fighting and the guys start going like woo, 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 energy like it's like fucking stop being such weird gross losers
0: that's your friend and she's being attacked by a giant robot help <laughs> maybe uh, whatever <laughs> let's move on to i'm gonna be right back cipher academy it is chapter number 38 uh where's the fucking title of this thing did i skip it somehow i guess i did or maybe it doesn't show up until later oh well so chapter 38 oh here it is here it is it's like at the end the way the place that all chapter titles should be at the end chapter 38 the aftermath uh so it's a celebration that people are having it's they're having like Baumkuchen, kuchen like like you know, like Class 1A did, 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 did before when when Iroha was going to have the fun. Anyway, so they prepare Baumkuchen, and as it turns out, Iroha has invited the other classes to celebrate with him. And uh, Class 1E shows up, and 1E has a, a little uh a, a little pie paper thing that's got some text written on it. And uh. Then there, we get a little bit of exchange between some people, including uh, the uh, I don't remember her name, the 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 rep of Class One E. She says some stuff to Toshisai, and uh, she says to Yosai Mura, uh, short hair looks good on you. Not Yosai Mura, to Yuka, Yuka Go. Uh, Yosai Mura talks to uh, some other people from Class One E, though. Uh. Then, Yunaki Guistu Invalides shows up, and uh, she also has a uh, part, a little pie chart thing on her. Uh, and they say that they're go- they've are they got some important matters to discuss, but Iroha has, is going to talk about them later. Uh, fucking uh, the bear shows up with the other animal people and from Class 1B. And 1B's like, we don't think we actually lost, by the way.
1: They anyway, they're like, hey, well, I didn't mean, did. it, but they're like, you know, if the rule was being the best, we were the fucking best, so not for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I am a bear, after all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got a little pie
0: chart thing, too. Uh, so... <laughs> one of them says I did notice that there was a possibility we would be competing for the number of survivors you could say that's exactly why I saved my three classmates But on the other hand we didn't take the risk of helping class C, the class we were allied with so you fucked up there Uh Uh, Iroh however says I think you let me win Uh, then he starts to ask her about the (laughs) battlefield dancer thing
1: and uh, she says we'll talk about that later Uh, This motherfucker has, like, six side quests pinned. He's like, talk to this character. This person needs to speak with you. You got this dancer battle. Don't forget about that. Or the dancing soldier. You got to remember you got to finish that side quest at some point.
0: The torture club class shows up uh, as well, uh, as do the last message class team who say is this where our funeral is being held
1: <laughs> i love these motherfuckers they're so extra I, I i want i want to see them do a whole bunch more <laughs> uh
0: and uh, so hey all the class have shown up although the torture class are like hey uh so i'd like to apologize for us getting all worked up during the uh, the, the competition is she not here and you're like oh no no it was, it's just that she doesn't like parties but don't worry she took she took a uh, she took a, a freshly baked one this time, and he waves off in distance where Anonymity Son is watching the the party through a telescope, like she did last time when she wasn't part of the, the group. Mm-hmm. But this time she's like celebrating with them, but distantly. Yeah, because she has social anxiety, which I greatly relate to. I this yeah, very, I feel adorable. so
1: much for this character of like I would like to observe this cool party through a, a telescope and not have to interact with anyone.
0: This is great. I, I love it. Uh, so Toshisai uh, declares a, a toast. It says we're all here to celebrate oroha promotion to grade White Leader. They, uh, they all clash cups. We get little bits of people like slicing up Bamkuchen uh, that, you know, like remind us like, oh, hey, there's a person in class 1A who has a sword. Remember that? Uh-huh. She doesn't do anything, but she's got a sword. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. All these class 1A characters who were somewhat relevant before. Somewhat. Uh... <laughs>
0: And there's, you know, just little shots of, of the party. Uh, there are also, for some reason, some people volunteer to play a game with Taiyu. And it's like, what are you doing? You're going to die. <laughs> uh, just And just, you know, like a lot of silent interactions, but to, mostly between members of different classes yeah. as well. Uh, and at the end of it, all of the classes put their little pie chart code together and in basically like trivial pursuit style, they fit together into a circle. And when it's all together, it forms the complete code, which of course is much, much, much easier to solve. And Iroha says the code can't be completed unless the six of us come together and here. And, uh, so yeah, this, it's just kind of like a symbolic thing of like, Hey, you know, everyone, we got to work together now that the competition's done. Yes. Uh, The fucking class D, uh, you know, like your last message thing, are like, are you fucking serious? Are you in your right mind? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you're always like, look, any class could have won the continuous grade wide leader tournament. And that's why I said I want everyone to get along and treasure each other while we crack as many codes as possible so that we can share the peace we attain without losing a single person.
1: It is, again, Aww. a beautiful sentiment. I do admire Aruha's uh, attitude towards these things. Aww. Professor Peanuts is very affectionate as well. He also doesn't Aww. want to lose a single person.
0: Meanwhile, Kagoe, like a le- little weirdo, mark, is watching mark, this entire thing mark, 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 and mark, sa- mark. says. Like she's reciting a fucking prophecy. There are 18 state-of-the-art classes weapons. Eight will be given to 1A, while two of the remaining ten will be given to each of the other classes. It's true that Class A is known as the indiscriminate coding class, but most of them are interested in cryptocurrency and
1: the metaverse! As all are, it's what the cool kids talk about. Crypto and metaverses.
0: (laughs) Ah, you've got me excited too. You ca- I can't say this too loudly, though. The burdensome legacy of the Digital Cipher Academy. Which cipher soldier will be the
1: one to unearth the 50 billion morgue? My God. <laughs> We're back to the morgues, Nick. The morgues.
0: Just in case you forgot what the series was allegedly all about, it's all about the crypto.
1: Yeah, why we actually started recapping this series to begin with was it's weird cryptocurrency references.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, a weird way to end the chapter, a nice very uh, tender just nice sentiment that's Mm. in the entire rest of it though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: New sex assist. <laughs> That's Chapters it. That's its funky intro. New sex assist.
0: Chapter 16, Gakuro's shadow. Uh, We get the beginning of this chapter from uh, Shiroha's perspective of like, hey, Yajima is this person who can forge a contract with the spirit like me. And I kind of wonder what kind of person he was. He must have been living a difficult life due to his abilities. And I did feel like that when I tried talking to him because he didn't have any parents like me. So I was kind of interested in him and I interacted with him, but I also felt irritated for some reason. And of course, now in the present, uh, Gakuro has managed to utilize his ability to crack through her barrier. Uh, the, you know, people that form contracts with her are still observing, but uh, Shiro's partner observes, it looks like your vessel is at his limit. Uh... And says, no, this is where it begins for Gakuro and Shiroha. So Shiroha's still got her Shikigamis and stuff flying around. She flash steps behind him. Well, she switches places with one Shikigami and attacks him. He manages to block it. And she starts, you know, insulting him and saying, like, how are you still fighting back? Uh, but Gakuro is clearly at his limit. So she's like, what, do you still think you can win? Stop getting your hopes up. Someone like you who is beneath me in skill and strength, intelligence, can do nothing beyond this point. And uh, it looks briefly like she impales him with her sight thing, but he manages to block it with his hand. And he says, I already know I can't beat you (laughs) in any one thing, but but I (laughs) want (laughs) to... (laughs) <laughs> uh he, 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 he just says like i still want to save you and and shiro is just gets really pissed off and says like what the fuck do you mean i can't beat you at anything you have everything you get to have fun every day i thought we were like but no we're not i get really irritated just by looking at you because you have friends you have freedom you've got a mentor who will guide you step by step and you're offering me your hand Even though you suck, you're really weak. (laughs) You're weak shit. You're weak, and you have a great life. It's unforgivable. If you can have all that, give me Nuwa. Give me one precious thing in your life. Uh, and uh, she, I guess, unleashes a bunch more Shikigami crows. I guess it's referred to as her trump card. Uh, and yeah. So she does that and she says you fight by absorbing shadows, right? In that case, I'll send you to a place with no shadows.
1: Whoa! The, the le- shadowless
0: realm. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> uh and um Gakro is sent flying up into the air, I guess. And the moonlight shines down on them, and Shiro says, I'll never accept you, and goes to attack him. And then all of a sudden, um, um, he, uh, oh, that's his hand!
1: (laughs) This entire sequence here, I hate this because, like, Dynamically, this is a great scene. Like, hey, we're shooting out of the school. We're gonna have a midair moonlight battle. Aesthetically and like the vibes, so fucking on point. But this entire sequence is so sloppy. Like, this is where the art Very really cramped. shows. Like, how bad it is at like making action look cool.
0: What happens here? Is Gakuro grabs onto Shiroha's weapon and shocks her and then Gakuro says, If you claim there are things you lack in life, then let's find them together, all of them! And Shiroha realizes, Yajima's shadow is on me! <laughs>
1: I feel Which like that's not that especially one. clear. <laughs> yeah, it is it is not visible to us as an audience member, but you do think like well yeah, you you shot him into the space or into the sky and you are directly below him as he is lit by the moon. <laughs> like I don't that know one. why you would assume there wouldn't be
0: something. Uh so is like, "In exchange, I'll claim your mission Fujino." And he uses weapon and cuts through Shiroha's, which means that he wins because he broke her weapon.
1: Again, and this is Shiro- a scene that like, I feel like could be really cool, but it's just not it's framed arm. dynamically. It just doesn't look good.
0: Uh, so she starts to fall back to Earth and is like, oh, it's all over. But of course, Gakro catches her by the hand and is uh, like, are you OK? I mean you just broke her weapon, she's fine. Uh, but she says I was envious envious of you. Yeah. Now
1: UI declares got How is everybody flying? I understood, like, hey, you launched me into the air and I'll use my super strike to like jump. Everyone just seems to be floating though at this point.
0: Yeah, because they do very casually just turn to
1: go back down. Yeah, they're like, time to go down now. And I'm like, are you are these motherfuckers like Dragon Ball Z characters? They're like, nah, I just activated my flight mode and I'll, I'll go
0: down. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, look, I'm glad that we have a mostly ironic enjoyment of this series because if we had a legitimate one, it would have been like, it doesn't look very cool yeah. <laughs> when this big important moment happens. Um, So, yes, as you say, in theory, it's a cool idea. In practice, didn't really turn out very
1: well. Yeah, I, I don't want to, like, go super hard. Oh, God, we have so little time left. This is, this is a good, this is a fine chapter. It could have been an amazing one. I'm very curious to see what happens after this because... Uh, what was her name? Mia. What's her name? Shiroha. 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 Uh Shiroha. like, was well-developed and took time. I'll be curious to see if that's the the situation with whatever antagonist we have introduced next time. In
0: before next chapter, all of her bad family problems are solved. Boom. Yeah. So, Tinmaka Cinema, scene 20, the night before submission. It's the night before the submission for the film contest. And, of course, as promised... Uh, they are going to uh, show the uh, film, the completed version of the shore, to uh, the director that has that uh, strong, you know, connection with uh, with Himeki. Uh, so, you know, of course, this is at the same time like they're breaking the news to them that you know they've made a movie and stuff, starring her. Uh, and he's like, "Look, we want to submit this movie to the student film contest." And uh, so they're like, "All right, yeah." And the director's like, "Hey." To so say you know, Higimeki, your mother's on the judges panel. Uh oh! And only just—it's like a real throwaway moment, unfortunately, because everything's so rushed. Hajime's like, "Oh, so that's why she wanted to submit it, so that her mom would see it." Yeah, it just, just, just very quickly go, goes by that. So, uh, like, so he's like, "All right, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll play, we'll play your movie, and, and I'll watch it." And Hajime's like, "Oh, I thought you'd be mad. Of course, I'm mad. I'm gonna watch it." So. He and the assistant director both sit down. They like they're very, very closely paying attention. Uh, and we get to that final scene where Himeki, you know, in characters Nagisa says, "I'm home." Screen goes black. Uh, it's even before like opening and closing credits have been added uh, at this point. So the director is like, turns to to uh, Hajime, and is like, "Oh, so you wrote the script as well, huh?" And Hajime is like,
1: <laughs> 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 "I I <laughs> I had an involvement with the script, <laughs> so Himeki's like, "Oh yeah, yeah," and, she,
0: and he did. And so the director's like, "Here's my feedback: the cinematography is really amateur. The camera work doesn't fit the mood. The sound is really unstable here. It's distracting. The log filming is pointless. Also." <laughs> So much negative feedback immediately. And it goes by and, like, you know, Hajime to his grade is like, I gotta take notes. I gotta, I'm gonna listen to all this feedback and actually, you know, learn from it. And then at the end of all of it, he's just like, so basically, what you're saying is that everything's bad except the script. <laughs> <laughs> but the director says, I didn't say that. I mean, look, I gotta assume you got lucky when you wrote the script because it is clumsy in places. It feels like you were saved by a strong script in a lot of the scenes. But you've brought out aspects of Fumeki that even I haven't been able to. It's good. And I can tell that you really love movies. Yeah. Aww. It's very cute. It's uh, so sweet. After, so afterwards, you know, Gimeki and, and Hajime are going to leave. The director says to Hajime, like, so what now? Look, you know, I mean, after you enter this contest, the movie is going to be a project. But it's also going to become a product. Do you want to be a professional filmmaker? And Hajime doesn't really have an answer for him in that scene. Uh, So Hajime and Himeki are going to be the only ones who are actually attending the contest. The other members of the crew are just going to be watching the live stream. Uh, And uh, we learn also that Tenmaku has deliberately not watched the movie at all. Uh, He watched the film, obviously, but he has not seen any of the editing or anything that's gone into it. He hasn't seen any of the, uh, the rough versions. He wants to see it. For the first time in a theater, it's nice. Hey, it's just, it's just, it's just time for the screenings and stuff. Immediately, people are like, "Oh my god, what the fuck? Himeki Kurakui is here! What the hell?" Because of course, she plays, makes a big splash. Uh, Kurai's uh, mother is there, as said before, and uh, yeah, she now knows, of course, that her fucking daughter is going to was was in one of the uh, submissions for this. Uh, they do bring up the point of, like, is it going to be a problem if, you know, like, her daughter is one of these and everything's like, no, it's not going to be a problem. Uh, like, no one else has got to be influenced by it. And she's like, like this no. is a
1: contest for kids. No one really cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you can do whatever you want.
0: So we, we just kind of get a very brief, like, well, now I begin screening everything. We do see that, you know, some of the other characters are R&D are watching the live stream. Yep. And then, hey, it's time for the shore to premiere. And, you know, you, and karai is sitting next to hajime and she says like it's finally happening it's like yeah and uh they start the show the shore and uh you know our three primary characters karai and hajime and tinmaku all sit back to watch the premiere movie that they made and we start to go into it as it's just you know a shot of nagisa floating in the water
1: and that's our chapter Oh God! It feels so rushed. Uh, it's just <laughs> it is. Uh, I believe that the series is also ending next week, which I was about to say feels right. It doesn't feel right. It feels like that's where the pacing is heading. We'll get some like conclusion to uh, Himiki and her mother, and then maybe flash forward to like when the debut of their version of the Fang or whatever. Tenmaku's maku's other pl- uh script was supposed to be um yeah uh it's a bummer uh that it's ending next week does i think there's still cool moments to this i do love that the director is just like look these are all the things you did <laughs> that were bad but that doesn't mean the movie is bad like these are things that are obviously like i could tell that you care about this th- about movies and you you do work hard at this it's like oh this is it's very sweet to get that so uh, i like those elements of it a lot
0: yeah it's uh got a bunch it's got a vibe of like oh, was like a whisper of the heart that's what it reminds me of which is about you know a girl writing a story and then at the end it's very very rough and she's really upset with herself and it's like you're fucking 13 yeah (laughs) it's amazing that you managed to accomplish this and you will get that you know that kind of thing uh God, you lose the Elusive Samurai, chapter 124, brute force, 1337. Oh, oh, my God, a bunch of Hojo troops have died. Why? Oh, fucking just poison stuff. Uh, Genba knows what's what's happened. There's a, like, volcanic emission thing that has happened where Iwisugi whipped up some chemicals and stuff and poisoned a bunch of people with toxic gas. Le gasp. Uh, and so everyone's fucking dead they went to try and seize the river when they went to try and cut off the enemy forces water supply and was like oh man they knew they read us they knew what we were going to do so what are we going to do we can't just cut off their water supply we've got to change our entire attack strategy so uh, get some planning uh, and uh, Tokiyuki, you know, is told like oh this is going to be really dangerous and he's like I'll do it just give me to Iyanaga and, and uh, yep that happens um, some unimportant people fight Uh, (laughs) and then uh tokyuki and ayako uh make their way up freaking battlements and stuff ayako is crushing on tokyuki again uh and uh then some guy shows up and he's like i am my name and i'm a big guy with a big weird fucking club thing and i'm gonna fucking take your woman she's 14 well i'm evil Also, we have a secret anti Hojo weapon. It's in this box.
1: (laughs) The evil. The the good box. No, the bad box. These are bad guys. Yes, yes. That's the chapter. Yeah, there's not a ton to say here. um, Because I feel like we're still at this point of not digging up. I do appreciate that we got moments between Ayako and. Tokyuki though. Like, that was cool. And I do love her little thing of, like, he offers his hand and he's like, I appreciate... Like, she's blushing. She's like, I appreciate the thought, but you cannot bear my weight! So she single-handedly lifts herself all the way up, basically. Yep. That was cool. Uh, Akane Banashi, Nick? Yes! This is
0: gonna be Akane Banashi's new home towards the end of the podcast now. uh uh-huh. Because we like... To- we have, you know, good series. <laughs> yeah,
1: is- there there are going to be times where there's no One Piece, such as next week, and Black Clover is now monthly, and uh, any time we have to end with Elusive Samurai is just not yeah. a great time.
0: Story seventy-six of Kanebanashi. Oh, look at this pretty color page. Yay. Uh, it's the Shikisai Festival Part 2. We start this off on a flashback to uh when Gakuro was like first taking part in this festival as an apprentice of Shiguma's school. And of course, you know, Shinta had that big big brother role for him. Uh and there's you know some cute stuff that we have here where like Gakuro is still very like rough. Uh, and so he's not, you know, like speaking properly. He's like going like, yeah! I mean, yes, sir, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Shinta tells him, "Like, hey, look, you've only been a-, a-, a Zenza for like three days. This is all new to you. You'll pick it up in time." Uh, and Gakuro reflects like on like he was not Gakuro. God, Grico
1: Gariko, Gariko.
0: Gariko. That's why, yes. So he really. but like,
1: he he has a very similar energy to Gakuro. So in this
0: moment, he definitely it's, does. It's, it's yeah. understandable so Guriko says like yeah Shinta was like over a dozen years older but he just talked to me normally and he was always looking out for me and September of that year he was expelled from the school uh, and of course five months after that was when Akane first showed up and you know de- declared that she was going to take take on Rakugo. Uh so then we get uh, the results of the contest for the food stands find out that Guriko and Akane won uh, probably with a lot of help from fucking Akane to doing, you know, all that sales pitching stuff. Uh, and we find out that <laughs> Mike Heru got third place by selling nothing because Kyoji got <laughs> collapsed and couldn't sell anything. Poor guy.
1: And specifically, uh, he got third with no revenue because everything he made, he immediately just gave back to all the ladies by treating them to things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, And he says I may have lost the battle, but I won the war. <laughs> uh Koguma, uh is exhausted of course because he was, you know, having to essentially perform the entire time that they were doing stuff. Uh people do talk about like hey, you know, Kai is, you know, really good. You know, she's always been the center of attention since she joined up and about for everyone who saw that recent selection round. Everyone ranked Akane's skill higher than the girl who won. It reminds me of what I thought about our Rokuro. Ooh. Foreshadowing for a future showdown. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, Akane performs for the festival and we completely skip past it. She puts on a show uh-huh. and that's all we see. Because instead, we've got to see Guriko's performance.
1: What? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Do we get to check out this little Ludnik? This little goober?
0: So he takes the stage, and uh, he says, like, there's a stock character in Rakugo defined by his carelessness. And this is a story called The Careless Nail, about a married woman, a married couple. They move into a new home. They get into some hijinks because the careless husband hammers in a single nail in a you know, a humorous story. And, you know, he's doing stuff like, Ah, I hit my finger! Oh! Oh! Wait, to hit the finger of the other hand. Hey, what? Batada. So, uh, and Akane is like, oh yeah, this is like the perfect story for his NIN because I guess she's just like fully adapting my way yeah.
1: of looking at things. She's like, nah, this this shit this this is, this is this is legit. This is real.
0: Uh, then after the festival is done, it's night. You know, people are cleaning up, and Akane is approached by Miss Yoshino. That woman from the Rockago Cafe, remember her? Kinda. Very, no, no. Very. No. I do
1: vaguely remember her now that you mentioned the Rockago Cafe.
0: Right. Uh, and you know, she says like, "Oh yeah, you, you've gotten even better at your Rakugo, and you, Guri-chan, your yakisoba was simply <sighs> delicious."
1: Oh, so brutal! Such a brutal moment.
0: Ow. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, he thinks about that and uh, is like, oh, you'll come back and perform for us sometime, won't you, Akane? And Gakura is like, I guess, Gakura, Guriko is like, I guess I made it a bit too delicious. Uh, He approaches Maikeru later on. They hang out and start having a little bit of a drink together. And uh, they're going to, I guess, like, he's like, oh, let's watch the fireworks together and stuff. And uh, Guriko says, you know, I finally understand what you meant when you told me to watch Akane's performance, he thinks I know better than anyone how much she's grown. And uh, he watches like, you know, some kids like going up the steps while they're playing rock, paper, scissors with each other. And he thinks April and February, just a 10 month gap between me and Akane starting up lessons. But now, and he says this part out loud, I'm not as good as Akane. Eh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. As the, the fireworks are going off in the background, too. <laughs> the thing with the steps is that you play rock, paper, scissors, and whoever wins gets to go up steps. And uh, there's two people on the stairs and the, a boy and a girl, and the girl is going much further. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. She has surpassed Parallels. Me. Yeah. Uh, it's good. I... I hesitate to, like, say, like, oh, man, Greco MVP easily, because I'm just like, I just don't know if I still have a ton of interest in his story right now. Um, but I guess I am very curious about what this is going for. Like, if it, this isn't just going to be like, oh, hey, we need to detail every one of Akane's classmates. Like, I assume this is going to lead to something.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a nice and interesting story to tell. Just like having this early on, like, hey, he is Akane's senior in the school. He's one of her big brother mentors. And he's like, she's better than me. Like, so how does that play into the role he's going to play in the future? Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, Nick, I'm taking over for One Piece now. I'll say the character name's wrong.
0: You're going to do One Piece. This is mutiny.
1: Yeah. I uh, know. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> they're covering one piece. This is chapter one thousand and ninety-one. Said tomorrow. The Marines are trying to get at the island, but the pacifists pacifists are stopping them. The vice admirals uh are basically like all right, fuck this. We're just gonna get on the island, we're gonna push past you guys. But also the robotic sea beasts are attacking them as well because they're under the control of Vegapunk. So, things are going super duper great. Uh, inside... There's a sea beast it chomps on one of the boats, yeah. and its
0: eyes read chomp, but it looks like they read chump.
1: It does. I would love it if that's what it actually says, like, chomp, eat your boat, <laughs> chomp. Um, we cut back inside of the base, uh, Usopp is watching kind of everything going on, yeah uh... <laughs> vegapunk reminds us of the chain of command of the authority chips because this is a very relevant and important detail uh yeah, they're like a bit, yeah. they're yeah. like oh my god the uh, is here this is really really bad uh we cut over to Kizaru fighting sentamaru and Kizaru is just really really kicking his ass borsellino i think is his actual name uh he's he's really just tearing him apart shooting him with lasers sentamaru is defending himself though he's like look i made a promise with straw hat luffy Uh, i'm not going to you know give up Porcelino's like when did you start siding with pirates uh and we just have sentamaru say i'll take the side of anyone who creates an escape route for the man who saved my life and we get a very tiny flashback to sentamaru where as a young child he beat up a bunch of bears Uh, and the younger Borsalino and Vegapunk walk upon him and are like, wait, no, we were supposed to hunt these bears. Why did you do this? <laughs> and is just like, I hate villagers. They're so weak. I'm not going back there. Uh, and is like, you got kicked out, didn't you? And he's like, no, I'm so tough. I don't even get hungry. I just want a job. I want money. And they're like, what do you want to do with that money? Oh, I, I, I want a bio <laughs> it's like Yeah. Okay. okay, you're you you're just hungry. Uh, so we cut back to the present for a brief moment. Is porcelain is like, oh, you were so adorable back then. I don't know why I gave him that voice, but it feels appropriate for him. It's gonna be my voice now. Yeah. Oh. Um. We go back into the flashback again, very briefly for said tomorrow to be offered the position of vega punk's bodyguard so he's been given a job and then him going to Borsellino and be like hey can you teach me how to protect punk i want you know show me what to do and now we finally stick at the present as borcelino is like i taught you everything i could young set tomorrow and he seems to be very sentimental in this moment as he fucking delivers the finishing blow he, you know, Centamaro does the sumo strike, but we're it's like my defense is just as tough as yours, and then shoots a gigantic laser beam, takes Centamaru out. Um and now that Centamaru is out, their th- their control over the pacifistas is just allowed for anybody in the Marines to kind of take over at this point. So they take it over. The Marines start shooting the sea beast now. Jay Garcia is like, it sucks we have to kill them, but. If we can only keep one, we should probably keep the pacifistas.
0: Fair enough, yeah.
1: Uh, The Vegapunks are trying to take down the shield. York taunts them. Uh, They note, they're like, shit, now that Kazaru is free, he's just going to go right through the laser barrier. We can't stop him there. And everyone's like, shit, this is really bad. That means he's coming straight here. And that is exactly what he does. He just fucking zoops right up into the main lab. Uh, I
0: like how Usopp sums it up as, you mean he's coming here? Yes. But he totally wiped the floor with (laughs) (laughs) us.
1: Yeah. Some people pointed out that uh, this has actually been like 15 years, almost to the day since Kizaru whooped all of their asses so badly. Um, We see that Lilith has her big robot. She's grabbed the Going Sunny. They're running back. Um, But Kizaru is up there now. There's an alarm because there's an intruder. And Kizaru is just like, ah, checklist to keep safe. The power plant, punk records york all right now checklist to be eliminated vega punk it's uh real bad Ooh, boy so uh everybody's kind of freaking out because there's a lot of chaos going on and admiral just showed up this is really really bad and stussy has a moment of like oh my gosh as she sees something about to happen Luchi had decided, eh, I'm actually not on your side, went to go kill Vegapunk, and Stussy throws herself in between, takes the pistol finger, and goes down. Um, we see Sanji grab Nami's bubble gun and traps Kaku with it.
2: Uh, Good move. And
1: then Zoro intercepts Luchi, and he's just like, what, you thought because you had backup he could make your move? And Luchi's like, between me and Kazaru, you're dead. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's not going to happen. Zoro sends both of them outside of the building. They launch each other outside. Uh, is just like, ah! like Once he sees the robot, he's like, I was wondering where the ship is. It sees your robot's carrying it. Uh, But then he stops. Because he's like, hmm, someone's left the ship. And Luffy's standing there. And he's like, oh, hello there. long time to Luffy doesn't care. Immediately jumps in and kicks him in the face. Uh, Kizaru blocks it. But Luffy's like, I'm not really here for that shit. Uh, So we end the chapter with Kizaru saying... Very bad manners, and Luffy saying, Compared to two years ago, we're a hundred times stronger now.
0: Yeah, so we at the very end of this chapter seem to have some one on ones uh, laid out uh, Zoro versus versus uh, Luchi, uh, which uh, hmm.
1: it'll be very interesting. I'm still, yeah, I mean, that might just be what they're gonna do. Like, hey, you know, Zoro's gonna fight Lucci, one of Luffy's strongest opponents. Uh, and that's just his thing here, or what they're going to ultimately do. But it's it's still very cool. There's a lot of moving pieces going about, and I'm so pumped to see Luffy fight an admiral. It's it's <laughs> super exciting for
0: for me. I think that things are just going to like stay in the situation for a while. No parts of <laughs> yeah. this situation
1: move around. I bet, bet Oda is going to stick to these things. He's, we're going to follow up directly next chapter with Kazaro and Luffy because once Oda picks his spot, he does not go someplace not else. No, <laughs> yeah. no, not at all. Uh, um, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, should note on the topic of One Piece, I have seen the live action One Piece. Uh, unfortunately, Netflix is a struck company, and I I don't know how much we qualify as, like, promotion, uh, but promoting struck material is scab kind of work, uh, so I've just taken the stance of I'm not talking about anything until the strike is over. So, Netflix, you spent, like, $18 million every episode of the live-action One Piece. You can pay your writers and actors. Come on, guys. It's not hard. Just... Just do it. Like,
0: (laughs) uh, yeah, so we are done talking about manga this week. Had a lot of good chapters. Uh, what was your favorite, Quinn?
1: (sighs) That is a tough and good question. I think my favorite, I think my favorite is going to be Undead Unluck because of how much it made me laugh. uh, I don't know if that's the right answer.
0: Mm. I
1: had to think on Tricky. that for a second. My character of the week is Ninomiya. I think Ninomiya had a really, really good chapter. I came out looking really strong. I'm going to mirror you here. Uh, okay. My
0: favorite series of the week is World Trigger. Uh, that is, I think that's just a very nice chapter t- to get all around. My favorite character this week, my MVP, is Fuko. Uh, uh. She just had a lot of really fun interactions. I love the joke of her just like i i actually forgot about it but i'll just tell a lie yeah that's it you're (laughs) lying. yes i am (laughs) she was
1: really funny this week uh i think actually i'm gonna change i'm gonna give one piece my my chapter of the week i'm in uh like a a one piece renaissance of moods so i i actually do think this is a cool chapter too a lot flows pretty well so that is going to do it, guys.
0: Oh, oh, what was... What were the audience's picks?
1: Oh, yes. Sorry. The audience picked Gariko as their MVP and One Piece as their chapter of the week. Okay.
0: Well, that is going to do it for Weekly manga Recap in this week. And uh, we want to thank you all for joining us here on twitch.tv slash We record the show here Wednesdays in the evening. Usually 7.30 to 8 is around when we start. But you can stay up to date on that stuff by joining us on our Discord server, which can be joined by clicking the link wherever this gets posted, uh, including on YouTube, on weeklymogreacad.podbean.com, and uh, all that stuff. We're also on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast posting places video version of the show is on youtube.com slash weekly manga recap where we get uh the occasional style card done for us by steve man His artwork you can check out at steve man art all over the internet uh although maybe not maybe not twitter i don't know they seem to be con- cont- continuing to just like be bad uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just finding new ways to be bad now including screwing over artists shock horror it's wild uh, Yeah. um but uh, we also want to thank uh, the creators of the opening sequence of the video version of the show, Milo Jack Stillits and Winsdale Cheddar, for creating that awesome thing for us. And uh, we would also like to thank Ninja X3i, who maintains the Google Doc, where you can do all sorts of stuff, like uh, vote for favorite series uh, yourself, recommend series for us to read, such as the one we'll be doing next.
1: Time, yeah, next Nick! Time. Not next time. Not next time, but... It's, mm. it's Sadistic September. We, we had to remember yeah. this.
0: Oh, and Patreon.com slash Recap. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us on there. It allows us to create bonus content for you guys to enjoy, which we like doing. And um, yeah, so it's Sadistic September, everyone. And uh, there's something about it where most, if not all times we've done it, it hasn't involved us being sadistic because sadism is the inflicting of pain on another it's involved us being masochistic because we inflicted on ourselves. But I have already inflicted the series on myself in full. I haven't inflicted it on other people before, though. So you're the
1: sadist this time.
0: Yes, I am. And um, so for Sadistic September, we will be, you know... Look, there's no easy way for just to say it. Say it just rip the
1: band-aid off. We're doing to love and, uh, uh I already did monster Musume this year. Do I have to do more just bad horny harem stuff? Uh yes. <laughs> 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 what answer. what are we wrapping this year up with, Nick? Uh fucking to uh, rent a girlfriend? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Depends on
1: how how many more recommendations we get to do yeah, after okay. this. I guess <laughs> we're not covering to love to love through darkness. All right. Yet. I don't like that. I don't. I don't like that.
0: Not for this time, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right.
1: Call back.